the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. the Nick D Podcast. I am your host, Nick DeGilio. Welcome. Episode number 107 of the Nick D Podcast here on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, uh, the best podcast network in the world. Please check out the other incredible, great, varied, interesting, informative, entertaining, funny, awesome podcasts that are available at radiomisfits.com. Please take the time to rate and review us on every platform. Start a conversation at radiomisfits.com. And please check out the other podcasts, including my new one. I have another podcast at Radio Misfits, and it's called That Show Hasn't Been Funny in Years, an SNL podcast. It is a podcast that is dedicated exclusively to Saturday Night Live and 48 years of fun. Um, and uh, I love the show, and we will have guests on, uh, and we won't have guests on, and every single episode, weekly, every Wednesday, a new episode drops. It's all about Saturday Night Live, and I'm having a great time doing it, and if you like Saturday Night Live, you must listen to this. Spread the word. Subscribe. That show hasn't been funny in years on RadioMisfits.com. Subscribe to that as well, uh, and be a part of uh, all of the podcasts here at um, um, at uh, Radio Misfits. Be a sponsor here on the Nick D Podcast. Hey, you got a business you want to uh, promote? We reach a lot of people. So contact us, sales at radiomisfits.com. Be a part of the Nick D Podcast with a voicemail. 24-7, the voicemail message is open. Please leave them. 773-417-6948. Leave your emails anytime you want. Podcast at gmail.com. Any kind of comments, any kind of questions, use the voicemail, use the email. Hey, you want me to uh, do an exclusive message? that I speak through the magic megaphone. Very popular thing. You got a joke you want to tell or a message you want to give or a code you want to have or you want an inside joke, whatever. I'm a monkey. I will do it in the magic megaphone. Leave your directions to me and I will tell you what we're going to, you know, I will tell you whatever you want from the magic megaphone. NickDPodcast at gmail.com. Email, voicemail, 773-417-6948. Thanks to Ed and everybody at Radio Misfits. Episode 107 coming up. Jim Ryan is going to join us. He is our music guy. And we're going to wrap up the year, best albums of the year, best concerts of the year, and talk about music in general from 2022. Res Leon, my partner in crime, is going to join me for our regular visit. We got a magic megaphone uh, message that we're going to do. We're going to wrap up our Japanese uh, candy taste test. We've got some celebrity drama to talk about. My dad's going to stop by and tell a joke. He's going to have to push this woman out of the way. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. I know you do, baby. So my dad's going to tell a joke, as he always does on Tuesday. Jim Ryan is our guest uh, to talk about music, and Esma is my uh, is my cohort, and we'll get to that as well. That's all coming up right here on the Nick D podcast. But before we jump into Jim Ryan and the year in music, I say congratulations. Congratulations! You're about to listen to the Nick D podcast. It's by far the best decision you've made today. It makes the other podcasts seem like crap. Oh yeah, don't be a jackal.
a treat for you. Jim Ryan. Oh, he is on the lion. Jim Ryan. I am about to pour a big bowl of Jim Ryan down your ear hole. Jim Ryan. Five, four, three, two, one, go. Have you ever met a man named Jim? Last name, Ryan. Or last name, Ryan. First name, Jim. Well, this particular one, well, he writes concert reviews. Interviews musicians in golf fancy shoes. Now's the time we turn up the microphone louder so we can hear what Jim Ryan has to say. know that that's the jim ryan theme song and uh that can only mean one thing because we only heard his name 75 times uh in the last like minute jim ryan hi jim hi nick how are you buddy i'm hanging in there you're hanging in there trying yeah all right what's the matter yeah 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 no okay i have a sore throat so these days that could mean that could mean, mean anything. anything. Yeah, <laughs> could mean anything. And I know that you get out to shows and concerts and stuff like that. Yeah, and, yeah. And uh, now you know it, the the COVID's been flying through Hollywood. That's exciting, isn't it? What a uh, what a time to be alive. Yeah, it's flying around through Hollywood because uh, the Jamie Lee Curtis, the Colin Farrell, the Brendan Gleeson—they all got I it. I didn't the... see. I didn't see any of this. Was oh yeah, the Golden Globes. They were at the Goldie Globies and they got it. And that's was why it a they super missed. Spreader? I, I would guess so at this point. I mean, those wow. are A-listers. Those are some A-listers wow. who got the Covey. Um, and they couldn't make it to the Critics' Choice Awards the other night. Wow, I didn't see yeah. any of this. Okay. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, I, 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 I did not even watch the Critics' Choice Awards. Uh, I didn't even realize it was on. The award shows are just... <laughs> and the Golden Globes, uh, you know, weren't on last year because, you know, they're racist. Um, and then they were on this year, but they were on like a Tuesday night. And nobody really... Everybody forgot about it. And then they gave the awards, you know, out and like, uh, and then now people are getting the COVID. So wow. uh, I don't know. And so, the, so yeah, no, Jamie Lee Curtis has the COVID. Uh, Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. Well, I guess they wow. get everything together now. I guess. Well. <laughs> so, <laughs> but know. I hope you don't, I hope you don't have it, my friend. Well, um, I, I had a strep throat New Year's Eve and I thought maybe it was back, but uh, that was proven to be negative this morning. So, you know, yeah. we, we wait and see now. We wait and see. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Exciting. Well, Exciting I hope you're, I hope you're okay. I hope you feel well enough to come to, uh, to Zany's. To, oh, well, that's tonight. That's, that's tonight. What was, well, I, that's what I'm hoping. <laughs> I know. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, yes. All right. Well, anyway. Perhaps uh, I'll see you there. With your, fancy, with your fancy shoes. Okay. That's right. All right. Well, you know, uh, Jim uh, talks about uh, and writes about um, uh, music and reviews concerts and uh, it does interviews. Uh, tell everybody where they can read it. Forbes, right? Daily Herald. Tell everybody. Where yeah, Forbes.com. Uh, some freelance for the Daily Herald. Uh, everything's on my, my old Twitter feed at Radio Jim Ryan. Uh, and I post it all on Facebook. So. It's all out there floating around, Nick. It is. And, just like uh, COVID. And uh, just like just like the <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis and the G- Colin Farrell and the and the uh and the and the Brendan Gleason. They got mm-hmm. the uh they all got the Covey. All right. So they're probably just gonna stay in until the Oscars because they're all gonna get nominated at this point. Is it really bad that in some strange way I, I kind of enjoy that the Golden Globes were a super spreader? Is it bad of me to no, say that? No, there's nothing there's nothing bad about that. <laughs> 
Um, no. Uh, and I watched, I watched the, I watched the Golden Globes. I DVR'd it. Here's the, here's how much I didn't give a shit about the Golden Globes because you know it's a big award show. Yeah. And I follow that stuff, and I've been pop culture guy and movie guy for you know forty years. Um, and so I just, I, I knew it was on, and I just DVR'd it. And here's, here, that was my priority that night. You know what I, what I did instead? <laughs> what? I went to go see fucking Plane with Gerard Butler. Very nice. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's, that's how a, much I didn't care about the wow. Golden Globes. I actually went to a shitty Gerard Butler <laughs> action movie screening. I, I went how's, to that. How's he healing up? Was he like run over by a snowplow or something? Was no, that, no, 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 no. That's that's Jeremy Renner. Oh, it's Jeremy, Jeremy Renner. Renner. Completely. One, no, one guy's a good actor. The guy who got yeah. run over by the snowplow <laughs> is actually a really good actor. Like he's in Hurt Locker, he's a good right. actor. Yes, uh, yes. Gerard Butler's a jag off. Why was he's... I thinking that was Gerard Butler? Okay. No, you know who I get Gerard Butler mixed up with all the time, and I Ooh. now I'm gonna I'm gonna forget his name, but he's the jag off on The Walking Dead who beat the hell out of people with a baseball bat. <laughs> uh, I know who you're talking about. That guy, uh, the that guy, guy who played Negan on uh, yes. on Walking. I get him confused. Jeffrey Morgan, Dean Morgan, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah, sure, I give you that. The, yeah, Jeffrey Morgan's Dean Z Morgan Dorn Dean. Yeah, that <laughs> guy. Good. I get those two Jagoffs mixed up all the time. Like Gerard Butler and the Jeffrey Dean Morgan, I get them mixed up. I don't, you know, because they both suck. So I don't, you know. But no, I went to see a Gerard Butler <laughs> terrorist attacking a plane <laughs> in, in the Philippines movie. That's what I chose over the Golden Globes. Okay. And then when I got home that night, I just, I watched the Golden Globes because I was really curious to see what uh, Gerard Carmichael was going to say. Gerard is, is, I think, brilliant. And I was curious about his monologue, and everybody was kind of going crazy about how brave they thought it was. I didn't. Think yeah, it was. that's what I was. I was seeing a lot of reaction to that nah, on socials. Nah, it yeah. wasn't it wasn't that big a deal. Everybody, calm down. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of you know people out there who are like like the, you know, the squad of like I must speak for everyone. Like I don't know. I, I hate to use the word woke, but the like the people that feel that everything has to be politicized and right. you must feel this way and feel that way, and we should all feel great about what Gerard Carmichael did. On that stage, it was brave. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. It was a little ballsy, and he did a nice job. But no, it wasn't nearly. He's like, oh my god, one of the greatest monologues I've ever. No, it, it it wasn't. Take it easy, everybody. Take your woke pills. You'll be all right in the morning. Trust me. Um, <laughs> but anyway, and then I just I scanned through it just to see, you know, like people that I wanted to see. Like a drunk Mike White was pretty fun. That was fun. He was loaded when he won for when they came up to accept for say, White Lotus. You've got to be pretty loaded if if you're called out for being loaded at the Golden Globes, well, right? I mean, isn't that just assume that everyone at the Golden yeah, Globes? Yeah, but but no, he wasn't called. But he was clearly well. He admitted okay. he was drunk. He said they they got. He said that his he got there too late for food. Like they said, <laughs> no, you can't have food. That, that will that will get you. That, and the uh, award that he got was like very close at the end of the show, and oh the man. show went over forty minutes. So he was drunk, and this was after Jennifer Coolidge was up there loaded, and you know. So, but anyway. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so yeah, so anyway, uh, some some people got the little, they got a little extra treat. Not only did they get a Golden Globe, <laughs> but they got a little, they got a little Willie McCovid, as I sometimes call it. So there you go. All right. Well, I hope you feel better. Thank you, sir. Okay. One of the things that we've been doing here is all of my regular guests who cover specific subjects and topics and stuff like that. We've been doing like a year end thing. Sure. Like I had uh, my, my my buddy Dr. Keith Lipinski on to talk about the year in pro wrestling. Uh, which I know you are a wrestling fan as well. <laughs> quite a year, yeah. Uh, quite Eventful. a year. By the way, did you see that the uh, uh, the extreme match, the ladies' match on AEW the other night? I'm I am so behind right now okay. on wrestling. 
Okay. But I heard it was good. Yeah, unbelievable. And I love Ruby Soho more than anybody. I saw you posting about Ruby Soho the Jeez. other night. Yes. Well, yeah, that well this was after the match mm-hmm. and she I've never seen I don't think I've ever seen a woman more bloodied after a match than that. Wow. Okay. Like I mean I mean crimson on Unbelievable. Britt Baker, Britt Baker was pretty, was well, pretty bloodied this, up. Uh, let me tell you something. And that was amazing. Bloodier. Let me, wow. Let okay. me just say that. Ru- the lovely Ruby Soho uh, earned her money. That's quite, <laughs> a, that's quite a statement. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then we did movies with uh, Eric and with Steve. And, you know, we're, 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 doing, the, uh, we're doing that kind of stuff. Uh, TV with my regular TV guy. So you are my regular music guy. So I thought before we kick off with some of the recent shows uh, that you went to and some of the yeah. concerts and maybe some of the interviews, let's talk about um, the year in music 2022. Why don't we start out with uh, albums? Um, yes. What, what were, which ones did you want to mention? What were your, your, some of your favorite albums of 2022? My favorite album of 2022 is the new Spoon album. And I'm kind of, do you, do you know, do you get into Spoon much? Uh, not, not, no, I haven't in a long time. Uh, let me just say this, but let me, let me preface this, Jim, uh, by saying that when it comes to new music, uh, I am pretty much, uh, uh an amateur. I understand. Well, like it, new, it's... new music for me is I just pulled out presents by Zeppelin. That's new for me. <laughs> I haven't, we, I, I, I haven't listened to edition. Of yeah. Like I haven't, I, you know what? I haven't listened to paranoid in a while. So that's new <laughs> for me. Uh, so, but I, but no, I'm trusting you on this. But I'm aware, of course, I'm aware of Spoon. Well, I do not know their new album though. It's called Lucifer on the Sofa. It's it's a great album. It cracked the top forty, which is not easy to do for a guitar-based band that's been around for a while. But Spoon is fascinating to me on their career arc. Um, that the first they got together in the '90s. First album was from '96. This is their tenth studio album, and Unlike most of these bands that got together in the 90s and have consistently gotten shittier, yeah. Spoon has just gotten better and better. And, and this new album, to me, might might be their best one yet. Is that right? Really? So yeah, it's, it's interesting terrific. because I actually, I, I, know their, I know their stuff from the 90s and I like it. So if they keep getting better, that's pretty impressive because I liked what they did back then. There's a little bit of a, a gritty edge on this and the songwriting is just fantastic. There's, there's a narrative arc on these songs and it's just, the album is it's just really solid. It's oh, really that's good. good. So that's your favorite one. I, I like the title. It's it's a hell of anytime you want to work, you know, Beelzebub into the title. I'm down. <laughs> okay. So your favorite <laughs> album is that recent? Is it a recent release or when? Uh, it came out at the beginning of the year. It came out in February. So. Oh, so it's it's almost a year old. It's almost a year old, but yeah, qualifies as a 2022. Release. And it still holds up as your favorite of the year. That's still cool. rock solid. Yep. Pretty cool. Okay. So that's Spoon Lucifer on a sofa. What else? Uh, Drive by Truckers. I love them. I um, love them to too. Me, yep. One of the greatest live acts in America at the moment is the drive by truckers. And they're at a really interesting point in their career where they've, they've now been around for 25 years, which one of those bands where that seemed kind of unthinkable uh, for a period there. Yeah. There's stability in the lineup. This it's been the same lineup for 10 years. So again, that translates to the stage to me this time it translated to the studio because the way they recorded the album was they literally had not seen each other for, you know, two years uh, coming out of quarantine. And instead of rehearsing to go on tour, they went into the studio and studio sessions doubled as rehearsal for the tour. And they knocked out an album. Patterson Hood told me, I think in like nine days or something like they, they always work pretty quick, but just wow, everyone was on the same page. They went in and the album is, it's just dynamite. You know, they're, they get kind of pigeonholed as Southern rock, but there's a little bit of that in the sound, but this, to me, is a really strong collection of songs. Uh, it's coming on the heels of two, two or three very political albums. This one's not at all. So, 
it's 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 a refreshing uh collection of songs from cool. drive by truckers i like those guys i'm not familiar with the record again uh the new stuff is has gets by me but I'm, i know i like drive by truckers very much okay what else uh, a new band called Wonder Horse. It's uh, it's a debut album coming into the coming into the year. I think they had one single out, and they've they've there's been a couple of songs released off the new album Cub. Uh, the album itself came out in October, and it's just again it's super super gritty guitar rock. Um, the first single everyone keeps saying it sounds like Leonard Skinner. Uh, speaking of southern rock, which yeah. Uh, the the newest single uh, I can't even think of Butterflies is the name of it. To be reminds me kind of of stone tumble pilots uh at their best not when they're doing real commercial stuff again it's been kind of a good year for for guitar based music if you're a fan of that as i am and hopefully we see that trend kind of continue this year but uh wonder horse uh, okay terrific terrific band there okay and uh i see that you, in- you included the 1975 i, I love the 1975 are you a fan or do you hate them not really no okay <laughs> But the album that you the this the album that came out being funny in a foreign language is the name of the album. Yeah, it's uh it's so it's produced by Jack Antonoff, who has kind of become the producer du jour uh, these days. But there's a real growth in the songwriting there. It's you know Matt Healy, the singer, is kind of a little bit of a character from time to time. But you know these singles, there's a, there's a little bit more depth and a little bit more seriousness to the songwriting. So um, I'm a fan. Any, okay. Anytime someone wants to take a step forward, that to me is always a good thing. And they okay. kind of did with this album. What's next? Uh, we got, let's see, Eddie Vedder. I'll throw Eddie Vedder at you. How do, did you listen I know to this him. album at all? Yes, I did. I, of course I did. Yes. Now this one, you know why? Because he's old. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> he's starting to look it, by the way, too. I was seeing photos of him from the Kennedy Center, and I was like, wow. He's okay. my age. He and I are the same age. He's. I think he's. A, I think he's six months older than me. Everyone yeah. at the Kennedy Center, by the way, this year looked ancient bono yeah. to me i was like holy shit bono is getting old man yeah yeah well but, but eddie vetter yeah his <laughs> his record is 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 earthling i think it's a pretty terrific album yeah yeah i, I can't believe i'm saying this because it's been a while since any new pearl jam stuff's really blown me away but this eddie vetter album kicks ass yeah. uh you know the the singles are playing on the radio uh long way and brother of the cloud are fine but there's some really there's more rocking stuff on this album than pearl jam has done in 25 years uh the tracks good and evil and rose of jericho in particular are they're they're scorching rock tracks he's got yeah. a hell of a band around him he's got half the red hot chili peppers on there chad smith and josh klinghoffer yeah um he's got elton john on the album he's yeah. got paul mccartney's drummer abe laboreal he's got ringo Starr on the album there's there's some really cool guest spots on it uh, ben montench from the heartbreakers is on it but um shockingly shockingly strong album from eddie Vedder. yeah i agree um, and now let, let me, let me go to another old, <laughs> and, and this is my favorite. I, like, I don't, I didn't like download or get a lot of new records this year or new albums this year. This one I did immediately and I love it. And, uh, you mentioned it as well. And that's Tears for Fear's new record. I mean, so, so good in, on tour this summer, as we've talked about a couple times in yeah. the yeah. album, it's just, it, it's hard to believe. I mean, there's there's such a fire to them on this album. There's they're really driven that it's it's hard to believe they've been around for as long as they have, right? To me, it doesn't sound like a band. It doesn't sound like what you would you, you how you would stereotype an '80s band that's resting on their laurels and rolling out the hits. They're not doing any of that. Like the no. album, the no. new album is. It's called Tipping Point, by the way. It, um, yeah, the so point. so strongly makes the case for their new music that it's just. Yeah. Almost shocking. Uh, yeah, I will say this. I've seen them several times, and I was a fan when, when Kurt was not with them, and it was just Roland. 
uh, and they did, and he recorded two albums as Tears for Fears, but it was just him. And they, I, I thought they should have always, they should have been called, just called Tear for Fear at that point because <laughs> it was just rolling. But those records are great too. Like those, uh, th- I think it's three albums: Elemental, Raul, uh, and uh, God, and the other one, um, I think. But anyway, but he, I've been following them since the beginning, and I, I just think they've been consistently great. I think Roland Alzerball and uh, is one of the greatest songwriters of all time. And I think the tipping point is great. And they were unbelievable live. They were, yeah, unbelievable. they were, they were great. Yeah, I was yeah. so impressed by all of it this year. Yeah, it was yeah. a strong year. I hope, I hope it doesn't take them another. Yeah, well, I mean, how the hell long has it been since they? Well, I mean, with Kurt, it's been. A, well, I mean, even well, yeah, no, the last album was with Kurt, uh, but that was like, phew, Jesus Christ, 10, 11 years ago, even no, no longer than that. Longer I hope it doesn't take that long for another one because I agree, was, that I was agree. a lot of fun. Listen, after the year they had, I think they might be like, yeah, maybe people like us again. Because the place was packked when I went. It was, Yeah, you know. and, and this album, I mean, this album was a critical, especially upon release. Like, I, half the reason I, I even checked it out was because the press on it was so strong. I was like, wow, like, really people are listening to a Tears for Figures record? And I was like, yeah. holy crap, it's that good. It is that good. It is that good. Okay, now you know we mentioned uh, Tears for Fears live. Um, you know, I didn't go. You know, you go to a show every week at least. <laughs> I only went to a few shows, a couple of shows over over the year, and uh, without question, the highlight was for me was Garbage and, and Tears for Fears. Yeah. Um, and again, the other big show that I went to again was Old. I'm old, which because it was Berlin and Boy George was the other big show that I went to, <laughs> and I enjoyed the hell out of that too. So, um, and you were at that show. We saw each other. I was yes, and that was a terrific show. That was, mm-hmm. it, was it was a fun show. Uh, but best shows too, because you go to. I'm mean, if you can. Let's see. You know, you had to go back and look at this. Yeah. Because you, know, you write for Forbes, you write for Daily Herald, you review albums, you review, you interview musicians, and you go to shows. How many can you? Did you estimate how many concerts or how many shows, big oh, or small, big or small, or in between? How many shows approximately did you see in 2022? I, you know, I stopped doing this at some point in like the 2010s, and I kind of regret that. I used to keep an Excel spreadsheet where I would put every single thing I went to because for a while you could track it with ticket stubs, but now there's so many that there it's an electronic yeah. ticket or you're on yeah. guest list. And there's, I would, I would track the opening act to see if it's to go back and see if I ever caught somebody who, you know, blew up years later. Yeah. Um, and I stopped doing it and I need to, because I would love to know the answer to that question that you just asked, because it was a hell of a lot of shows this year. There was, a, there was a couple stretches. One was in December. One I think was in December, one in September, where we went to we went to cover stuff six nights in a row, multiple times, and I yeah. like even I think pre pandemic it had been a while since it had hit that many shows. It's just I, I remember talking to road. you. I remember talking to you. One of the times that we recorded and you appeared on the podcast was like literally, you said this is my only day where I'm not seeing something. Yeah, like that. I, was, I remember talking to you like it was like twelve days straight or something where you were at a show or something. You had something you had to go to. Yeah, like it always dies off like to me for for going to tons of shows like November, December, January because the outdoor season has ended. It's Chicago. And man, that was not the case this year. November and December were still crazy. It's yeah. Well, ridiculous. tell me about some of your some of your favorite shows, the best of 2022. What were some of the best live shows locally that you saw? My favorite show of the year, and it's not even close on second place, was the Manic Street Preachers in the London Suede. At Auditorium Theater, are you a fan of either of these bands? Um, I have to. I know who they are. Yes, I can't say whether I'm a fan or not. I just I know them just a little bit. So, Manic Street Preachers are kind of credited with creating that that Britpop thing in you know the early '90s. Yeah, London Suede similarly, but 
both of these these acts they had i think there was like one-off appearances at coachella in like like the last 10 years but otherwise they had not even toured america since the 90s the last time they toured together was in the uk in 1994 so for the insane fans of of you know the brit pop kind of stuff this was a super rare opportunity to catch yeah. both of these bands and yeah, yeah. unlike over there where they can still fill huge places here they're playing you know auditorium theater holds 3500 people um a friend of mine flew in from Scotland because she's like, do you understand what a, <laughs> what an opportunity this is flew into Scott from Scotland just to right. see them at auditorium theater. Cause she'd never have that opportunity in the UK. So, I mean, people were crazy about it in the show, the suede, especially just were fantastic. Live. Yeah. It yeah. was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, that sounds like something that, that, that would be more up my alley. Cause they're old um, <laughs> auditorium theater. First, first concert I ever went to. Was Who was the it? Who theater? was it? I have never told you this. I don't think so. I feel like I'd remember. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Christopher Cross. Wait, no, is, this isn't no. this isn't your ZZ Top livestock story, is it? Uh, no, it's not. Okay. okay. Uh, no, it's it is not. It is the Auditorium Theater, and it was my very first concert, 1975. So I was either nine or ten. Oh, is this Led Zeppelin? Nope. No way. I saw I, Zeppelin yeah, after that. I saw Zeppelin. Who did, Ze- who did you see? Who the, the hell? very first? The ve- I, I will I will tell you the opening act. Okay. 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 The very first band I ever saw live in a concert was at the Auditorium, and the first band to walk out, the opening band, was fucking Bad Company. Before okay. the first, before the first album came out, nice. right before okay. the first album came out, and I remember my dad and my mom were with me because I was ten, um, and they were the opening band. Bad Company was the opening band, and my nice. dad, my dad got all excited, and he starts elbowing me because he recognized Paul Rogers because my Rogers? dad is a, he's a massive Free? Free fan. My dad okay. loves Free. Love, and he's like, "Oh my God, that's Paul Rogers from Free!" And he got all excited, but then he was disappointed because they didn't play any Free. They just played. <laughs> The first album, front to back, and of course it was magnificent because you know it's the first Bad Company album, right? And the headliners, are you ready for this? This I can't wait. Yes, Black Oak, Arkansas was the first band I ever saw. Wow. Okay. Jim Dandy to the rescue. (laughs) That was like their only hit. Uh, you know, they had other hits. I mean, and I was a huge fan. Um, that's what I was going to say. I'm like, so did your, was, were you tagging no. along? So you actually no. wanted to go to this. I wanted okay. to go with my parents, my parents, my parents like, why the fuck are we taking this kid to see <laughs> Black Oak, Arkansas? And I loved them. I used to listen to the, the live album, Raunch and Roll all the time. <laughs> and again, I always mention this whenever I talk about Black Oak, Arkansas, take a look when you, when you're done here, uh, do a little Googling, Jim. Yeah. Yeah. And Google the album cover for Raunch and Roll. That was their live album. And just specifically Google the back cover. So if you Google back cover, Black Oak, Arkansas, Raunch and Roll. Is that the train, by the way? Uh, yes. Hold on a second. How often does the train go by? So often you won't even notice it. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, so when you Google Black Oak, Arkansas, Raunch and Roll, that album specifically say black back cover and it is is this the toothless man i'm looking that, at right now that would be jim dandy that would be the lead <laughs> singer jim dandy and i every time I, I tell people to look at that to look at that picture because that's jim dandy he's the lead singer of black oak arkansas who were a massive band in like 1975 1976 you know i mean their biggest hit was jim dandy but they had other hits um and i just want people to understand that you look at that picture of of that guy of Jim Dandy, and he was getting laid every goddamn <laughs> night. 
in the 70s. I just want everybody to realize that. That this guy, that picture that you see on the back of Ranch and Roll, women would line up at, to the back of the dressing room for hours at a time to blow that guy. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that guy got laid 50 times a night in the 70s, and all you got to do, and that sums up the decade to me. Like, if you want the decade summed up, <laughs> sex in the 70s summed up, it's the picture, the back a- album picture uh, of, uh, of Ranch and Roll. Wow, I mean that's quite a uh, quite a thing there that I'm yeah. looking at. That's him. That's Jim Dandy. That's the is, man. Yeah, he, is he still with us? Is he still oh, yeah. walking oh, yeah, here? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. No, they, he still tours around. You know, he, I mean, I don't know how many how many of the original members are, are dead or alive or whatever, but he still tours as you know Black Oak, Arkansas. I mean, I don't know. He's probably eighty now. You yeah, know? He's going to be celebrating a seventy fifth birthday. There you March. go, seventy fifth, seventy fifth birthday. Okay, he's not that old. Seventy five. <laughs> You still get out there. My, yeah. my, you know, my favorite filmmaker turned 75 yesterday. John Carpenter turned 75 yesterday. So this Amen. You know, still working. All right. Anyway, that's my story about the auditorium. And if you want to, I just, I, I like to throw that out there. So people who are listening to this, uh, Google that picture and go, oh my God. <laughs> no, it's, it's worth the Google. Oh, it is. Let me, let me, let me tell yeah. you. No, it is. I always say that whenever, you know, when I was on the air at the car wash, I would always say, look, and just a reminder, if you need to Google something and uh, if you're worried about your sex life, um, if you think, man, I haven't been laid in a long time. I don't know if I'll ever be laid again. Google the back album cover of Raunch and Roll <laughs> and look at that picture and go, that guy got laid every night. There's always hope for me. That's all I'm I, saying. And, you know, I hope he's I hope he's had some dental work done. <laughs> if not, there's always a GoFundMe. I, 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 I think he's fine. And I think he was fine then. I think maybe the, the falsies came out. like the, You know what I mean? Like, he, like they were in about the third row? Yeah, they were probably in the third row at that, that makes point. Sense. But no, okay. that's him. That's Jim Dandy. And, uh, and, did I ever tell you the story about the time I was on the phone with a musician and his tooth fell out during, during a recorded interview? Oh, I have uh, this on tape. Yes, uh, I think you did. No, 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 no. Who was it? Because we did talk about this. And we played it. I think we played it back on the car wash. It was uh, the great Johnny Mathis. It, that's absolutely. <laughs> Crooner. We were talking about Christmas music, and his right. tooth fell out. <laughs> he will uh, turn 88 this year, by the way, Johnny And still Mathis. tours. He just played Christmas at and the he, Rosemont he, Theater. And the 2023 date is already booked. You can't even make no. that up. No, but no, no, no. Listen, <laughs> man. You know, we're good. No, listen. Let me let me say yeah. something. Uh, that album, his Christmas album, Johnny Mathis' uh, there Christmas are f- album. There are five of them, by the way. No, but the, but the with the quintessential one. The quintessential one that I grew up with, like late 60s into the 70s, it's a great Christmas album. It is one of the, I personally think it's one of the best Christmas albums of all time. And it was, of the two or three Christmas albums that I grew up listening to with my folks, the most played in my house. Oh, it's, it's my dad's favorite Christmas album. The whole that, that's reason I wanted to do it was so <laughs> I could talk to Johnny Mathis the, and tell my dad this story about Johnny Mathis. Little did I know I'd be telling him that the man's tooth fell the out. To- that's fantastic. Through. That's fantastic. Yeah. No, but no, I'm not kidding. Like he is associated with Christmas. That's why yeah. Christmas, his Christmas yeah. album, that one, I know he's made more than one, but that one, the very first Johnny Mathis Christmas album is amazing. It's a great record. And Johnny Mathis rules, man. He's he's got an insane backstory too. His story yeah. is crazy that it is. The day so the day he was going three days after this happened, he signed his contract with I think it was Columbia Records and became a recording musician and never looked back. But the day he went to audition, he skipped a trial as a track and field, what would have made him a track and field participant on the Olympic team. He grew up in San Francisco. He was a hurdler. My dad told me this story. He goes, yeah, you know, Johnny Mathis, uh, when I saw him at uh, 
at the auditorium or the amphitheater, wherever the hell he saw him, he goes, he came bounding out on stage and hurdled his piano. I'm like, what? He's, I'm like, what are you talking? And I Google, I'm like, he was a high jumper and a hurdler who almost went to the Olympics. So he's telling me these crazy stories. Like he knew Wilt Chamberlain and stuff as an athlete. And I was like, and then, his tooth, and then his tooth fell then out. Then his tooth fell out while you were interviewing him. And you've got it on tape. We'll have to dig that up and maybe yes. post it somewhere, man. Because that's, that's, that's a classic. Yes. Yeah. I think we played it. I, when you were on the car, when we were on the car wash, I think we played that back. That's um, That sounds right. That's great. Okay. Uh, other best show. Let's get back to 2022, yeah. shall we? <laughs> Took a trip down uh, memory lane there for all the old folks out there. But let's get yes. back to some of the best shows of last year. What else? Are you a Jack White guy? I am not at Neither all. Neither am I. In Neither the least. I. Yes. Same. The, yeah. Um, but, you, but you have him on the list for best shows. Yeah. Like, I got to say, like, he kind of, the live show anyway, kind of sold me. Um, there was a huge to-do about Jack White popping up and doing the empty bottle yeah. unexpectedly. A 350-person uh, yeah. venue. So a tiny, tiny venue for Jack White, I guess. And didn't he, who just played carols? Some Jagoff just played carols. Uh, Wilco was there. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay, I'm the sorry. They're not Jagoffs. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. Sorry. I like those guys. I, I'm sorry. No, Wilco's I awesome. Carol's, I have a Carol's Pub show on my list, by the way. I, I know. Right, I saw ahead. that. I saw that. But I but I, I was looking at it because I knew a huge name played Carol's. And, uh, it was, and it was well, Wilco. Well, they're getting, they're getting some more. They're, they're getting bigger acts in there because they're trying to turn it into a more. Yeah. No. Listen, uh, I, and I'm not, I'm not making this up. I was in there one time, six feet away from me uh, at the bar. Guy got stabbed. And I saw it. I, 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 I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm not kidding. And nobody, nobody flinched. Everybody's like, can we get another drink here? You know what I mean? That's, uh, is, is the old style cold? Are we, are we that's, good? Yeah. That was what Carol's was. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, before the karaoke came in, before the hipsters started hanging out there, when I first moved to Andersonville, yeah. that was a four o'clock bar that you'd go in and maybe come out alive. Uh-huh. Maybe. Uh-huh. And I went there a lot. There was a lot. I mean, a there, lot. Okay. And when you'd walk in, the you you would talk about Jim Dandy and his dental work. You'd walk in and the <laughs> the total number of teeth at the bar would roughly be twenty. Uh, you know what I mean? That yes. yeah yeah no a guy got stabbed. He was literally stabbed six feet away from me, and I did not leave the bar. <laughs> I mean that is something. <laughs> that's I Carol's to man. That's Carol's. the Carol's. That's no. That's the Carol's that I remember. Well, that's the Carol's. So you know, because alcoholic Nick would go to Carol's and go. <laughs> yeah, it's early. Let's go to Carol's and maybe get killed. Uh, I and, had a lot of these moments myself. It was either Carol's or the Green Mill. Yeah, right. Well, Green Mill is a much classier place than Carol's, even <laughs> when the Green Mill was shitty, because there was a period yes. of time when the Green Mill was shaky, because uptown yep. is a shaky area. Yeah, but Carol's I, was always until the hipsters came in and fucked everything up. <laughs> when I first started going to both of those places, it was about 2000 when I was going to Columbia College, and uptown had come a long way, I'm sure, yeah. from, oh. from the 70s and 80s. And even oh, yeah. at 2000, it wasn't it wasn't dynamite. And uh, I, you know, the idea of the of the shitty bathroom in a dive bar gets blown oh, out yeah. of proportion. Everyone yeah. thinks every one of these. Uh, no, no, the the bathroom in Carol's Pub is the single scariest public no. restroom I've ever been in in Absolutely my life. Absolutely right. And dude, two thousand by that point, that was a high class establishment by two thousand. <laughs> They've completely redone it, by the way. Those oh, I know. Oh no, no, I can't even. I could, well, I, I don't go to bars anymore. But if I walked in there, I'd probably have a heart attack. You know what I mean? Do you know, like, who, do you know who owns it? Um, no, who owns it? It's owned by Ed Warm, the guy who owns Joe's on Weed Street oh, and who right. owns Bub City and right. all these places. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it is every bit the yep. antithesis now of what yep. it was when you were going there forty years ago yep. and I was going there twenty years ago. I mean, I guess that's good, right? I just miss the fact uh, that progress. <laughs> no, look, look, it's a nice place to go. People like it. They're making money. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's cool. But I just, you know, 
I miss going there at three o'clock in the morning and being shit faced in a room full of fucking maniacs. Mm-hmm. I, I, I miss that. And cocaine everywhere. You want cocaine? Go to Carol's at two o'clock in the morning. On now a Wilco is playing there. Now Wilco's playing there. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 Charlie Crockett, as you mentioned. What was Charlie Crockett's show like? Yeah, Charlie Crockett's an interesting guy. So he was doing the Vic later that night, and this was a win your way in kind of thing earlier in the day. Um he has a song out uh Oh, I can't even think of the name of the song now, but I'll, I'll Google it and keep okay. talking. All right. Um, so he's kind of a authentic country guy with a six piece band, including like a pedal steel slide guitar. So it's a really authentic crowd uh, sound, but and also song, well, perfect. That is perfect for carols. It, yeah, it was I mean, a perfect or at least what, this, car- what carols used, used to be. To be. That, yeah. <laughs> but his song, I'm just a clown manages to, in about three minutes sound simultaneously, like Bill Withers, and B.B. King. Wow. It's it's a strange combo wow. from a country artist. It's He sounds like Bill Withers. Then there's this guitar solo in the middle that sounds like it was stolen lick for lick directly out of The Thrill is Gone. Um, but it was a dynamite show at Carol's Pub at like cool. noon. Well, that's a, I mean, no, and, and, and obviously if you're going to see, you know, like, like seeing Wilco at Carol's has got to be amazing. Or seeing Charlie... Crockett at Carol's has got to be amazing. I'm just giving I'm just giving progress because I'm old and I you know I'm an old and I'm a I'm a recovering alcoholic. I got a lot of war stories, man. So <laughs> and some many of those war stories took place at four o'clock in the morning at Carol's. So I resemble that remark. <laughs> All right, Joe Walsh's uh, benefit. Uh, now this was not local. This was in Columbus, Ohio. But Columbus, my God, yeah. uh, my God, the lineup here. Tell everybody about this. Yeah, so Joe Walsh, I didn't know any of this until I interviewed him last year for, for this uh, festival. They were doing it online because of the pandemic, and then this year at Return a Live Performance. But he is a gold star son. His father, when he was like a toddler, was killed in a plane crash during a military exercise in Okinawa. Um, so Joe Walsh is a gold star son, and that's yep. been his big thing is to... Yep. Yep. Uh, raise a lot of money and awareness for for these families who you know for vets who who've been impacted by this, yeah. and so the centerpiece of those efforts is this concert series. Um, he's uh, he was born in Ohio or grew he grew up mostly in Ohio. I don't think yes. he was born there, but he, he spent most of his childhood in Ohio. So they brought everybody this associate everybody associates him with California because he's with the fucking yeah. Eagles. Um, but <laughs> he's an Ohio guy. Don't get me started on the Eagles. I the don't get me started on the Eagles either, man. I. <laughs> The most hated. I hate that band. And and like Joe Walsh to me, I love Joe Walsh. So why? That's if, my thing. Yeah. That's the thing. If I were to ever introduce Joe Walsh, I'd be like, here's the guy that should not be in the fucking Eagles because yeah. he's way too good and cool. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> so, yep. but yeah. <laughs> and I don't think he gets his due either because he was such kind of a character of himself there for a long time that yeah. Yeah. I, like there's the guy can play the hell out of the guitar. He's yes, really he can. Good. And James Gang, fucking amazing band. Uh, so James Gang reunited for this. Like yeah. that, I was like, I never thought I'd be seeing the James Gang. That's insane, right? Yeah. So they came out and Grohl's Dave Grohl comes out and is playing on the bomber with them. And, oh man! Uh, then he came, he came out later in the night and played on Life's Been Good to Me. So what I was excited about Dick was that Joe Walsh was doing a James Gang set and a Joe Walsh set. There was no Eagle stuff. Yes! at all. Yeah, that's what I was excited about. And you should be excited. Any that's... normal human being should be excited about. Look, is Joe Walsh is there? Oh my God, he didn't play any. Well, did he play in the city? He he did. That's the only one he played. But that's oh, what. But that's started that's, as a Joe no, Walsh track. You're goddamn right, it did. Yes. That's a Joe Walsh song. It's Joe Walsh mm-hmm. on the Warriors soundtrack. Yes, exactly right. And that's where that came from. And then mm-hmm. the goddamn Eagles were like, "Oh, that's a good song. Let's let's, let's do call it, it too. an Eagles song. Let's now. call yeah. it an Eagles song because we're assholes." But yeah, no, okay, yes. 
show. No, so so it was awesome. So this concert was all the performers were had, were from Ohio. So it was uh, Dave Grohl was on it, and he played with everybody basically as as yeah. he tends to do. Nine Inch Nails. Trent was born in Ohio. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Breeders and the Black Keys. So no it was, pretenders. Uh, no pretenders. That was the uh, only one I was like, man, there's Chrissy Hine is the yeah, one. Yeah, that would have been here. so cool if she would have came out, mm-hmm. man, because she rules. But Grohl but no, came out with the Breeders, and they did gigantic the Pix, oh, the Pixies man. track with Please. Kim Deal singing it. Please, like, this is stupid good. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah, wow, that and sounds amazing. Nine Inch Nails. This is the only, this is the best Nine Inch. I will never top this Nine Inch Nails set because one, this is the first time I've seen them indoors. Yeah. Two, this this was a forty five minute set. Okay. This was not a Nine Inch Nails crowd, by the way. No, of <laughs> course not. It doesn't seem like a, a Joe Nine Inch... Walsh crowd. I mean, I was going right? to say the rest. The rest of the lineup is like what? And then you look at, <laughs> like at so Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> Trent came out and rolled out the hits in a way Nine Inch Nails never does. It was a cavalcade of hits, except he did not play closer because I'm like he's scared to death to play the fucking like an animal song for the 97 year olds in attendance in Ohio. Right. He didn't play it. It's the only time I've seen right. Nine Inch Nails where they didn't play closer. Yeah. I was like, this is hysterical. See, Nine Inch Nails to me, uh, I couldn't, I hate Nine Inch Nails. But I love the soundtracks that, that Trent does with, oh, uh, yeah. with, uh, with what's his With ass? Atticus Ross, who's oh, yeah, in God. the band the, now. Yeah, He's I in mean, Nine Inch Nails. No, I know, I know. But I've, I've suddenly become a Trent Reznor fan. Be, I want to thank David Fincher. <laughs> uh, for starting that, and now Luca Guadagnino, or Guadagnino, because he did the score in the song for uh, Bones and All, which was my favorite song from a movie this year. No, no, he's the you know I lo- I love his music for movies. I'm not a, I was never I was never into the Nine Inch. I, I think I was a little too old for that okay. for that angst. Like when that shit started, I'm like, get over it, jag off. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. But if you were to hit me a few years earlier with the Cure. I'd be like, shut up and leave me alone. I got the cure on. You know what I mean? Like right. that. I so I understand angst, but Nine Inch Nails was not my angst. <laughs> well, so Bauhaus was. Bauhaus was. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, so Nine Inch Nails finishes their set, and Joe Walsh wanders on stage and goes, "That was my first Nine Inch Nails show." And he then went on. He then went on to compare it to an earthquake he had survived in California. <laughs> so he was very excited. Joe was. <laughs> That is the best. So you've you've interviewed Joe Walsh? I yeah, last year it was so great that, about about uh, this show. Yeah, was it fun? I mean, he sounds yeah, I mean, like I mean, he's really he's good a, friends with Steve Dahl, and I've I've, met, I've heard that. Yeah, he's really good friends with Steve. Dahl. I met Joe Walsh. I met him. I met him once, you know, through the radio, the world of radio. I met him once. Perfectly cool guy, and he's I, I know him only because I was a Steve Dahl fanatic for so many years. So I've heard him a million times, and he seems like he'd be a cool guy to interview. Well, I mean, what's the name of his album? Ordinary something or other guy or whatever. Yeah. He is a normal, ordinary. As yeah. soon as he jumps on the phone, you know it's him. He's, hi, Jim. And yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, it is and it's Joe like, Walsh. Like, and and awesome. anytime, anytime I hear him talk or I see him in interviews or I see him, I'm like, how the fuck is this guy in the Eagles? How does it? How does that work? How does someone this cool? Cool, you know what I, mean? I know, because he is, and he's that good, too. Yeah. Like, man, like, what he is can he still doing? play. Like, what is he oof. doing in that goddamn band? I mean, except for money. I can, okay. You know what I mean? I don't yeah, because they're going out again this summer. They're ah, doing. Fuck uh, those guys. They're doing. I, they're doing Hotel California in full all right, now. All right. And look, Nick. Look. No. And 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 again, I don't want to speak. I you know Glenn Fry passed away. I don't want to speak ill of the dead or anything like that. But I just can't stand that band. I just no. Like, <laughs> I am so like. I am so with the dude. I am so with the big Lebowski. Uh, yes. I am. Get out so of my. Get out. That. Get your own cab. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> get out of my fucking cab. <laughs> Man, I had a bad night, and I hate the fucking Eagles. Yep. 
Joe Joe's going to be seventy six this year, by the way. And there's a lot yeah. of miles, obviously, on that odometer. But he Absolutely. still kills. He still yeah, kills he's, live. He's I was so excited. Uh, let's go back to old people again. We've got a few <laughs> few more old there people are, on here. There's a couple out here. B fifty twos did a farewell show at the Chicago Theater. That had to rule. They're they're another one where you forget how many songs you know by them, and you forget how good they all are. Like yeah. Like, and they, man, they have not skipped a beat because I was sitting like third row for that. And I could tell you there was not a single backing trap, a uh, backing track. Fred yeah. Schneider's up there playing the harpsichord live. Um, and Cindy Wilson and Kate Pearson, those harmonies, they were not tuning down to sing these songs. They were still doing them in their original key. I was supremely That's impressed. Amazing. This was one where I'm like, please don't go on a farewell. Like, yeah. please stick around because they're still so solid. Uh, Chris Stapleton at Wrigley. I would and 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 incredible openers like Mavis Staples, yeah. who's still Mavis Staples. My friend, my uh, my friend uh, Julie is going to see Mavis Staples in February. Uh-huh. She's still kicking. She's like she's busier now than she's been in her whole life. She, well, how old is she? Yeah, uh, she eighty she something. Will, she will turn eighty four in July. God bless her, man. Uh huh. Yeah, amazing. Are, I what I always say about Mavis Staples. I, I always say the same thing is that we take so for granted. How lucky we are as Chicagoans to have her out there speaking and singing on our behalf. It's yeah, she is unbelievable. Yep, inspiring. And she was part of the Chris Stapleton show, who and Chris Stapleton kicks ass. I mean, this sounds like a lineup that I would, I would go nuts for. Um, so yeah, it was it, Chris Stapleton, and then uh, so Mike Campbell from the Heartbreakers with his yeah. band, the Dirty Knobs. Yep, uh, it was Mavis and the High Women, which is Brandy Carlisle, Marin Morris. Amanda Shires, who brought her husband, Jason Isbell, out to play guitar. Amazing. And uh, Natalie Hemby. So, I mean, it was almost the open. And it was that night, the show, the whole thing got screwed up because it was storming that night. Yeah, it was. So, I remember. It was, it was, it was not a good openers, night. Yeah. None of them got full performances. He wound up working them in throughout yeah. the show, throughout his abbreviated set. So everyone still performed. I think it's probably the best I can. I'll never go see Chris Stapleton again because it will never be as good as him bringing out this cavalcade of guests over the course yeah. of like 90 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brandy Carlisle had a fantastic year, man. Um, yeah, she did. I mean, she always, I mean, I think she's amazing and Jesus Christ, was she great on SNL? Oh my yes. God. Was she amazing on SNL? And that goddamn movie she made with Tanya Tucker is so good. It's so good. Have you seen it yet, Jim? I have not. It's so good, man. You got to see it. It's, you know, and wow. a strong year. And I think you, you, you and I maybe can talk about this maybe next time. Think about that. Uh, a really strong year for music docs this year. Oh, yeah. Course, I'm sorry, last months. year. Two, 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 there's so many. So many. Good, I mean, like, uh-huh. really, some of the best documentaries of the year were music documentaries. There's um, been a ton of them, too. Uh, so, so many, many good ones. Uh, well, I, I do want to get to one quick story here because we're running out of time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, <laughs> I but, know exactly where you're going. <laughs> but I want to get to the, uh, to the, to the, uh, the, the uh, Paul Oakenfold. Oh, okay. No, okay. I wanted to get. Where, where did you think I was going to go? Chevy Chase. <laughs> oh yeah, we can talk about that some other time. I, I got to You know what? I'll have you on the SNL on my. I am now have an SNL podcast. I could tell horror stories about Chevy Chase and yes. Dan Aykroyd. That's yes, great. that's what I'm saying. Let's do a whole. I'm not kidding. Let's do that on that show's not that hasn't been funny in years. Let's do it on uh, my other podcast. Okay. Congrats on that, by the way. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, so so um. Paul Oakenfold, I be, and I, I, because there's a backstory here <laughs> yeah. that I want to hear because you have a, a lovely behind the scenes story about that. So tell tell everybody about this autobiography that I wrote, and you you wrote about it in Forbes. Yeah, he's got a really interesting. Um, he is. Oh, I can't think of the name of the condition now. When you can't read from left to right, what is that? What's it called? Dyslexic. Uh, he's dyslexic. Yeah, and everyone told him growing up that he was never going to be a musician. He was never going to achieve any of these goals because. 
he was dyslexic. So his autobiography, as he put it to me, he goes, he didn't want to kiss and tell in any sort of way. What he wanted to tell was an inspiring story about a kid who, who very much still suffers from dyslexia, by the way, but was able to overcome that to become a songwriter, to become an entertainer. Right. You know, I mean, to become arguably maybe the most successful in his genre of all time. One of the, one would, of the most, one yeah, of the most no, that's, that's, influential that for sure. Yeah, but absolutely. DJs. Absolutely. Um, so that's what his autobiography is called, uh, Ready, Set, Go, which is the name of one of his songs as well. But just a delightful human being and does all these crazy things, Nick. I don't know if you know about these. He always is trying to be the first DJ to spin somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he has spun in the mountains of Argentina. He has uh, the Patagonia region of Argentina. He has spin, spun from atop the Great Wall. Yeah. He, he has spun from... Uh, what the hell's the rock formation? Uh, the I, I can't that they make fun of in Spinal Tap. What the hell's the name of that? Uh, Stonehenge. <laughs> He's fun at Stonehenge. Yes, you blanked on Stonehenge. You <laughs> went Stonehenge. up on Stonehenge. I'm telling you, I might have COVID. I don't yeah, know. I think you might have COVID, man. <laughs> Could I, be the COVID I, brain. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't tested positive yet, but there's time. Okay. Uh, yes, he spotted Stonehenge. He spotted all these crazy places, and there's just no ego on the guy whatsoever. He's a super normal guy. We we walk backstage. He's like, "You want a beer?" He goes and he he hands us all Stella Artois, so we're, we're okay. I don't know if that's a beer, but okay. We yeah. stand there. We have a couple beers with Paul Oakenfold. Just he's like, where do you want to do these photos? We're doing a photo session with him, and he's eventually like, we could do it along the beach now. So we're at Northerly Island in oh, late in late in mid October. Okay. <laughs> so you know how cold it is yes. over there. Yes, I do. Yes, He's I got a t-shirt on and a pair of jeans. It's like three in the afternoon. So the gates to the venue haven't even opened yet. And he's just like, let's go do it over there. And we're like, I, can we get you over there? Like, how the hell do we get? Okay. Because if you've been, at, you've been at Northerly Island. Because we've talked about Dave Matthews. Yes. The only place, Nick, from, from whence that in that venue, you can see the lake, the beach is where? Uh, from, from, uh, the, uh, from behind the stage. From yes, there too, but the line, the line for the men's bathroom. Right. Oh, that's right. Yes, the line from the men's bathroom. Yes, yes. I was going to say nowhere. So, <laughs> yes, yeah. that's that's yes. My, always my joke. There, you built right. this beautiful beachside lakeside right. venue, right? And you just right. you can see the you can see the lake for about thirty seconds while you're waiting to take a piss. But that's anyway, it. Yeah. So we found a gate in that fence. <laughs> <laughs> where we were able to walk Paul Oakenfold out onto the beach. And we took these great photos with him where it looks it looks like it could be like the middle of July in Cabo or something. But no, yeah. it's the 12th Street Beach outside Northerly Island, and it was freezing balls. But yeah. So while we're standing there with him taking these photos, uh, a Segway tour, a lakeside Segway tour is... <laughs> down down the strip and i can see them coming and we're standing there we've got lighting set up and everything so it's obvious even from afar like oh they're doing something over there so this homeless guy wanders by and goes who is that and we're like we're like he's who's playing tonight and oakenfold goes uh new order and the pet shop boys which was true he was right those were the two headlining artists at northern island and paul was spinning before the Pet Shop Boys and before New Order. Right. So he tells him that. And the guy goes, you're the Pet Shop Boys? And he's like, yeah, yep, sure am. Well, so this guy must go down and tell the entire Segway tour that the Pet Shop Boys are down here doing a photo shoot. 
So by the time the Segway tour gets to us, because we kind of were moving along and we were taking some shots down by like the planetarium stuff, everyone is like, oh my God, the pet shop boys are out here. So this guy walks up and goes, hey, uh, could you take a photo with my wife? And Paul goes, sure. So the woman kind of is looking all quizzical and goes up and poses with him. And Paul goes, who do you think you're taking a photo of, by the way? And the guy goes, well, the pet shop boys. Aren't you the pet shop boys? And Paul looks at him and goes, I am both of them. I am the pet shop boys. <laughs> so everyone keeps coming by yelling, yeah, pet shop boys. That is unbelievably hilarious. That is he, fantastic. He just, for like 20 minutes, a half hour, every time someone could buy, pet shop boys. And yeah. Paul's just like, yeah, yeah. It's that's the best. Come. How when hilarious we, is he then? I mean, oh that's my God, so He's funny. got such a sense of humor. So that's when we left, so funny, we kept man. looking on Twitter. I kept Googling like pet shop boys because I'm like, I'm like, Please let me find photos yeah. that that please I'm this, in. Please that I'm be, in standing there with yeah. Paul Oakenfold where people are like, that's the pet shop boys. Yeah. Please let that be trending. Let that be trending. That, <laughs> yes. That is fantastic. Please tell me I'm visible in this photo holding uh, a light. Great story. Well, anyway, so, his yeah. autobiography uh, is out if you want to yes. check it out. Okay. <laughs> uh, we'll talk more about uh, some of the newer stuff, but we did get your best albums, your best shows of the year. Uh, I do want to mention really quickly three music deaths smacked down oh, in a row. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Beck, oh, God, I mean, what can you say about Beck? You just saw him with just Johnny Depp. I saw him on my birthday in October. He was dynamite. He was so good. Yeah, and then he just finished that tour. And then mm-hmm. uh, Meningitis, uh, man. Yeah, what the hell? And uh, and that's huge, a huge loss to the music world. I mean, that goes without saying. Uh, and, uh, and then uh, Lisa Marie Presley. That's uh, so weird. That's so sad. Like, it's I sad mean, and weird, and I... Uh, you know, um, she's had a rough go of it yeah. in terms of, you know, addiction her son, and, and issues. And her son and just killed yeah, himself, her right? Son, like, yeah, it's just been, it's not been a good, no. it's not been a good life for her for, for in, in several ways. Um, Both of those high profile, bizarre marriages too. Yep. Absolutely. Michael Jackson and Nick Cage. And like, Nicholas Cage. Yeah. Uh, she's got a lovely daughter, um, uh, Riley Keough, who is in the Mad Max movie. She's a terrific actress. She was in Fury Road. She's in, the lodge and um you know that was a that was a way of like she always talked about how like her career her success as an actress like kind of made lisa marie very happy and that just makes me sad on so many levels and then uh uh bachman uh not yeah uh, not randy was, bachman. yeah the, the drummer yeah the drummer, the drummer from, from bachman, bachman turner overdrive. overdrive same day uh unbelievable so that's three huge uh, uh music uh, losses in a row let's not make it anymore for i was thinking about priscilla presley i mean I, it's horrible she's pushing 80 to lose your child in, in her 50s i mean yeah ugh, oh it's so bad no, it's really bad it's really really sad so anyway and it's all it's all weird because like there's so much focus on this elvis movie and their family this year right um and and again you know being the cynic that i am i'm like well that that Colin Farrell's not going to win Best Actor this year. That was the first thing that I thought of. It's like, it's going to go to Austin Butler now, you know? So, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's weird. And uh, maybe a lot of that pressure added to, like, whatever she was going through. But she, she did not have an easy time. She, you know, I mean, you know, obviously when you are the daughter of, you know, the right. biggest name and mu- one of the biggest names in music history. And you're and trying to pursue music. You're trying to pursue music or career in anything, and you mm-hmm. are constantly in the spotlight. There's people constantly judging you from the time you were a fucking infant, you know? Right. 
um, that's got to affect you, you know, and obviously she went down some weird paths and it's really, really 54. I mean, that's 54. Yeah. Ridiculous. I mean, it's ridiculous. She, she looks just like, I mean, every time yep. I see a photo of her, I'm like, yep. oh my God, she is the spitting image of Elvis Presley. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And it's, it's, it's terrible that, uh, that Bachman died drummer from Bachman Turner overdrive and, and a massive loss to the history of music with Jeff Beck. I mean, a rough week. He, Roughly. I mean, what is fascinating to me about that guy is like, there's a guy who is never phoning it in or resting on his laurels. He's still trying different things, collaborating yeah. with different people. Yeah. Like he I mean, really, he, he still you know, gave a shit. And you said he gave a shit and it was a couple of months ago. He toured with, uh, with Johnny Depp and every mm-hmm. single show that I've heard reviewed was great. They said it he did it. He, he kicked ass. So anyway, um, all right. Way to end the conversation there, Nick, on a, on a real high <laughs> note there. Uh, Jim, what are we looking forward to? Are you going to any shows coming up that we can talk about the next time you're on? Yeah, I mean, I keep hearing the Eurythmics are going to tour this year, which oh. I can't wait. I've never seen Annie Lennox, so that would be I've, amazing. I've seen Eurythmics four times uh, and Annie Lennox a couple times solo. Uh, I think I'm incredible. very excited about that. I saw them at the auditorium, Eurythmics. Wow. Auditorium, okay. And the opening act was Real Life. You remember Real Life? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Send me an angel. Wow. Okay. Oh, they, yeah, they opened. <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, it was incredible. Uh, so um, that's cool. Wow. All right. Okay, Jim, uh, Forbes and uh, Daily Herald and at Radio Jim Ryan, uh, and that's your your handle on the Twitters and all that stuff, right? You got it. All right, Jim. Thanks, buddy, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks, Nick. All right, buddy. Uh, Jim Ryan, he talks music. That's the best of 2022. Speaking of the best, here's Esmeralda Lee. Esmeralda. Yeah. Esmeralda Leon. Yeah. Esma. I'm talking about that Esma. Esmeralda Leon, yeah, Esmeralda, yeah, yeah, Esmeralda Leon, yeah, yeah, get yourself some asthma, love me some asthma, Esmeralda Leon, yeah, yeah, Esmeralda, yeah, Esmeralda, all right. It's time to talk to Esmeralda Leon. Hi, Esmeralda. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are good. you? I'm all right. I'm okay. Um, you know, uh, been going to these Billy Wilder matinees at the Music Box, and it's just been amazing the past mm-hmm. couple of weeks. Nice. Um, yeah, so that was fun. We saw Ball of Fire yesterday. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, the day before yesterday. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was one that he wrote, but Howard Hawks directed, and Barbara Stanwyck and Gary Cooper Dana Andrews, an amazing movie that I have not seen in years. And um, I got to say, I'm just, uh, I'm kind of stunned at, you know, I mean, they had like 300 people for that movie. Yesterday. Nice. Um, and, you know, on a Sunday afternoon, I guess that's, I mean, I guess, you know, that's awesome. On a Sunday afternoon, you know, Sunday morning, 1130, go to a nice matinee. Yeah, that's really great. That's like 81 years old, this movie. <laughs> and it's bringing out, you know, like 300 people to the music box. That's pretty cool. And the and this Billy Wilder thing goes all the way through uh, February. So, oh, yeah, pretty cool. That's nice. Pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk more about it because on the next episode, uh, Eric and Steve are uh, no, no. The next episode actually is the next episode is going to be our Zanies live podcast. Yes, yes. Which will, um, yeah, that'll be our next uh, episode. Episode one oh. This is episode one oh seven. Episode one oh eight is going to be our Zanies live podcast that we will record tonight. Very good. Out at Zanies. And if you want last minute tickets, hey, if you're up early on this Tuesday morning and you're listening to the podcast and you haven't got your tickets or you want to come out, 
We got tickets available. It's uh, Zanies uh, in Rosemont. It's tonight at 7.30. Doors open at 6.30. It's me and Esmeralda. We're going to give stuff away. My dad's going to tell a joke at the end, just like he's going to do today at the end of this podcast. And, mm. uh, and, and Dwayne Kennedy is going to be our guest. So come on out and make sure you check it out. So it'll be fun. Anyway, uh, did you have an eventful weekend? Anything happened uh, crazy or out of the ordinary? Did you watch anything fun or do anything crazy? Um, not really. I was dog sitting, um, this weekend. So that's chilling right. out with a dog. That's <laughs> right. With Fixie, right? Mm-hmm. Fixie. How did Fixie and you get along uh, during the weekend? Was it, was it okay? Very well. He yeah. got used to the fact that I was there. I think mm-hmm. when he realized I wasn't leaving <laughs> right. after walking him, he just kind of accepted it. <laughs> He's just kind of looking at you going, are you supposed to leave now? Uh, <laughs> I was like, nope, I am nope, here. <laughs> I'm staying. And then the dog went, yeah, 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 because he likes you. Fixie. I still think that's a very interesting name for a dog. Yeah. Do you have a favorite name for the dogs that you, that you, that you, that you walk? Um, there was one that I was walking and I haven't seen her in a minute. Uh, her name was June, but on her, on her dog tag, it said Junifer. Wait. So, <laughs> so June J-U? was short J-U-N? for Junifer. <laughs> Is it J U N or J O O N? Oh, okay. I thought maybe it was like Benny and June. Cause that, no, I okay. thought her name was just June, but, but it, it was, was Ju- Junifer. <laughs> Junifer. Did you ask the owners Junifer why? No, I, no. I don't see them. So. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Hey, you know who I don't see very often? Uh oh. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. Hi, Carrie. How Hi, are I'm you? Carrie <laughs> Russell, and I love Nick's show. I know you do. I believe Carrie once had a dog named uh, Junifer. Is that right? Hi, I'm Carrie yeah. Russell, and I love <laughs> Nick's show. She's going to tell you all about it later. Yeah, she will. She'll tell me all about it later. I, no, actually, I think her dog's name was Mayafer. I think that was the... Uh, yeah. that was the Close. Born a Close. month before the dog you knew. <laughs> So anyway, all right. Uh, so spending that, uh, that, that hanging out with a, with Fixie. All right. Mm-hmm. No, no issues. The dog didn't like pee on nope. rugs or anything like that. No. No, nope. it was very well mannered dog. There you go. Well, that's cool. If you're going to dog sit, you want it to not be crazy. So that's good. Oh yeah, those are always the good ones. You literally <laughs> are just hanging out with a dog. Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> Uh, we are winding up. Uh, I think we only will be able to do one more Japanese uh, snack taste test on the next episode, uh, or actually, oh. I should say the episode after next, and then we'll be out. This and we'll journey have to, is ending, and then we'll have to move on to the Kit Kats from around the world, and then mm-hmm. to the Mexican uh, candy uh, that we got. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll move on to that. So, uh, but we've got a couple things that we're going to be taste testing there. And my dad's going to come in and tell a joke, as you know. But I do have a magic megaphone. I have a magic megaphone. Are you ready, Esmeralda? Wonderful. (laughs) I know this is a thing that you're really uh, glad that it's caught on, and it has caught on. Um, And again, if you want me to speak into the magic megaphone, a message of any kind, whatever you want, a joke, an inside joke, a a, a code of some kind, whatever... Send me an email, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Tell me what to say, and, uh, and I will say it, and then we'll explain it, and it'll be fun, and you'll hear it right here on the podcast. So uh, Jen, Jen sent uh, an, an email for a magic megaphone. Are you ready to hear it? 
Of course. Okay, here we go. Hold it. Where is my boat? Have you seen my boat? Where is my boat? Where is my boat? Right. Have you seen my boat? Where is my boat? So, there. Where is my boat? All right, all right. Have you seen my all right. boat? That's yeah. very good action. Where is my boat? Thank you. Thank you very much. You know, I went to Second City. This is not, you know. And that money wasn't. Oh, you know. oh! I, well, I can see that it paid yeah, off. Exactly, it paid <laughs> off. It, it, can't you tell? I mean, all my, my 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 years at Second City, I can do this. Where is my boat? Yeah. H- have you seen my boat? Yeah. Where is my boat? Right. True acting. Thank you. Are you ready for the story behind that? Yeah. Okay. Um, it says hi, Nick. Hi, Ezra. Could you please say this into the megaphone? And where is my boat? Have you seen my boat? Where is my boat? The story is my sister and I were in New Orleans in the French Quarter. We went into the Walgreens, you know, the store with the green walls. All right, smart ass. (laughs) All right, Jen. Um, While waiting in line, this very, very drunk woman came in shouting, where is my boat? Have you seen my boat? Where is my boat? She walked up to every person in line, and she was very sad looking, and she was looking for her boat. Aww. And uh, it is a line that will forever uh, get us, my sister and I, to laugh. So picture this. You're in the French Quarter in New Orleans. Lots of drinking happens in the French Quarter in New Orleans. I'm sure you know that. And you're standing in line at the Walgreens, and then a woman. Where is my boat? Right. <laughs> Have you seen my boat? Yes. Where is my boat? So there you go. I wonder if she ever found her boat. That's the question. I need to, Jen. If you are, if you ever found out whether this woman <laughs> found her boat, uh, please let us know. We're concerned. I'm actually surprised the woman didn't follow up. Where is my boat? Have you seen my boat? Where is my boat? Why are these walls painted green? I think that would have been. <laughs> she stops. <laughs> she changes her tune completely. Forget my boat. Why are these walls painted green? So anyway. So that's the story behind it. There's your magic megaphone, and that's a perfect example of what this service provides to you, the listener. <laughs> well, very nice. So it'll make Jen and her sister laugh. Yeah, now forever on whatever podcast are stored on. <laughs> right. Your phone, your device. Mega, megabytes. You, I would imagine <laughs> that you could probably store it on your boat. Oh, yeah. If you ever find it. I hope she did. You ever do any uh, You ever do any sailing, Esmeralda? You ever been a boat? No, not at all. I get seasick, so. Oh, you do? I don't go oh. on boats. How do you know you get Have you been on a boat and went, no? Because I've been on a boat and well, I what, got seasick. Tell me, tell me explain. <laughs> what, what, what was the situation? Uh, I was on a boat on vacation. Uh, okay. And, yeah, just got real nauseous. <laughs> Were you drinking? No, I was a kid. Oh, you were a kid, and it was just, no, that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Have you ever been on a boat since then? Was this a smaller boat? Yeah, it- the, the smaller the boat, the worse it is. Yeah. Um, I, I can do good on, like, big boats, like the... Um, you ever been on the Odyssey or any of that stuff? Yeah, like, those are fine. Yeah. Um, But then again, I think because they're moving... And the water, if the water isn't choppy, and they're they're moving at a pretty 
like decent clip, I guess. Yeah. I but I think if that they were just sitting in the middle of the water mm-hmm. and it was choppy, it would not be good for me. But I try have, to avoid boats. Have we talked about this? Have you have you watched or seen Triangle of Sadness? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, we have. Yeah, we talked about that. Okay. <laughs> so that's you then. That's like a documentary on what Esmeralda oh, would yeah. be like on a boat. No, I would never <laughs> if anybody were to ever invite me on a yacht, I'd nope. Mm-mm. No. No, thank you. I mean, even watching that was a little yeah. like because you're going back like you the camera's moving and yeah, yeah no thanks. Oh, well, that's a pretty, I mean, that's a pretty extreme example, though, because that literally is like 25 minutes of people shitting and puking. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I don't think I puked either. I didn't, yeah, I didn't shit myself or puke. But you, but you felt <laughs> but like I was I got real it. nauseous. You were real nauseous. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I guess I'm not, I've never been on a smaller boat. I've been on stuff like the Odyssey, a couple of those. Mm-hmm. But I've never been on a smaller like boat that bounces up and down, you know, like a, a speedboat or any kind of shit like that. Right. Never, I've never done that. Uh, I would imagine that I would probably like puke or something. No, you know what? I have. I have. Then how'd you do? Uh, I did okay, because I just remembered this now. When I went on a family vacation... <laughs> You're going to love this, Esmeralda. When I went on a family vacation with my 22-year-old oh, Lord. girlfriend. Well, what do you mean family vacation? With her family. With, oh, God. With her parents Jesus. and sisters and, yeah, and their kids and her kids. Uh, <laughs> wow. And they are that, water, wow. they were a okay. water skiing family. So I did. I did. Mm-hmm. I, was on a, I, was, I did okay. Mm. So. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> I just love your reaction every single time. Because <laughs> it's gross. Oh, God. Oh, my God. And then every time you tell me something, it just makes it even worse. <laughs> I know. That's like any detail that you that you add to it, I'm just like, ah, you just made it. Yeah. No, no I know. And I knew it. As soon, you know, you heard me kind of giggling before I told you because in my yeah. mind, I'm like, oh, God, it's the time I went on vacation with my 22-year-old. I didn't think it could get whole worse. Family. Just, the whole family. Just, just that, like, alone. Dating 22-year-old with a kid. X. Just no, that alone. Yeah, but then yeah. you keep adding things to 20, it that just 20, makes it worse. 22-year-old. <laughs> I'm 16. Yeah. 22. No, she. I think she was 21 when we started dating. So, I don't know. Does that sure. make it any better? Okay. She was 21. Nope. I was 16. She, had, she was divorced and had a kid, a four-year-old kid. And she was my manager at McDonald's. Hmm. And we yeah. dated for over two years, and she went to my nope. prom, and I went on yeah. family vacation. You keep vacation. adding all these details. Just... <laughs> None of it helps. <laughs> None of it helps make it any better. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, man. None of the therapy Complete has changed opposite. anything. I, I've only gone to therapy a few times. So mm. uh, <laughs> I don't know about her. I think she's probably gone to therapy a little bit more than I have. But anyway. Yeah, I knew I knew the whole family vacation thing would be something for you to latch onto and just go. What? Oh yeah, yeah. Jesus, what do you mean? What fa-? like I love that. It's like, what do you mean? What family? <laughs> I just like it. Was I don't normal. take it your parents totally, as totally boat people. No, they're yeah, they're not. My, it wasn't my parents. So the fact no. that you were like a family vacation, I'm with, like, yeah. Mm. No, with, with family are you speaking that, of her parents their kids and her kids and, and her kid and all that yeah no <laughs> like it was a normal Mm-mm. thing like it was a completely normal thing god yeah all right 
Anyway, so no, uh, so to to get back to what we were talking about, you're not a boat person, but the no, big ones are okay. I like you, you've been on like the Odyssey thing, and that's been fine. Yes, but I would never go on a cruise. Those gross me out. Yeah, even before COVID, uh, yeah. I would not have done the cruise. No, they seemed they seem like a just a a, a, a cash grab. Yeah, that you can't get ri- that you can't get out of because you're right. on the ocean. Well, <laughs> I always thought nowhere. That, like, I, 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 the, the few times that I ever went on like one of those Odyssey things, I was mm-hmm. ready. To, I was ready to dock after a half an hour. I was like, all right, you know what I mean? Like, I, and I just began drinking. You know, <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah, I, I remember somebody. I forget what it was. It might have been like somebody's company thing or whatever, and they yeah. were telling me about it. Yeah, but yeah. they they had that. But there was no food allowed, and they weren't serving food. And I'm just like, how dare what? you? Like, do you want these people to get alcohol poisoning? Because that's what's going to happen. So they <laughs> like, didn't you're offer not food? offering them. No, or allowed it on the boat. I'm just like, how do you not allow food on there? It was weird. That really is. Well, that to me seems like the company's cheap. Because my guess is that they took, let's do the cheapest package. No food. Right. Just booze. <laughs> but then how do you not allow food on? <laughs> I guess because they, I mean, yeah. I guess because they have food in, in a kitchen on the boat and they're like, I you guess can, I'm like, drink yeah. to your heart's content, but right. no food will and, be served. And I'm sure Jesus. that the people at the Odyssey were like, don't blame us. Your cheap ass bosses were the ones that didn't want the food. <laughs> you know, they picked the option for just no food and just booze. Now, you know, my, you know, my old friend, Hey, listen, my buddy, yeah. Joe, you know, he used to be a chef on uh, the Odyssey. Oh. oh, I never told you. <laughs> I never told you that. Um, I'm not. I maybe. Joe, he I remember one. He came home one time because you know Joe was always like talking about how. Hey, listen, I hung out with you know whoever. You know, you yeah, got the, yeah. I got the Oliver Stone story. You got the Al Jorgensen story. He he he. Whenever he would like come across like a a celebrity of any kind, he would make sure to tell us about it. Mm-hmm. So one night he he's done. He was cooking on the uh, on the Odyssey. And he goes, hey, he comes, he comes back. This is a true story. Now, um, you might not rem- remember this, who I'm about to name, because you were very, very young at this time. Um, but he got off the boat, and uh, you know we're all hanging out, and he's like, hey, hey, you know who was on the ship and who loved my goddamn food tonight? I go, who? Oh, I only cooked for only acting Mayor Eugene Sawyer. Oh yeah, no, you told. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was when after he Harold... felt the need to keep saying acting mayor. Yeah. Eugene because at that Sawyer. Time, because at that time Eugene Sawyer wasn't mayor. He was acting mayor because Harold Washington was sick, or it's I like, don't know. Got to was... be accurate. And, and he was he wasn't yet the mayor. He was acting mayor. But Joe always added, "Hey, listen, acting mayor Eugene Sawyer. He loved my food." <laughs> That's my favorite. And anytime anybody mentions Eugene Sawyer, I'm like, you mean acting mayor Eugene Sawyer? Acting mayor Eugene right. Sawyer. Because he wasn't mayor yet. I think, I don't know if, it, if, if at that point, I think, you know, because um, Harold Washington was really sick and he was in the hospital and he was in a coma for a little while. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then obviously, unfortunately, he passed. Uh, but I don't know if this was while Harold Washington was in the coma or after he died that he was, that, that, Eugene Sawyer was still just acting mayor, <laughs> but that's when Joe. Right. That's when Joe cooked for him. Only acting mayor Eugene. Like we're supposed to go. Oh my God, acting mayor Eugene <laughs> Sawyer. 
Yeah, we didn't know what's the timeline. Where was he at at this point? <laughs> right. But he was acting mayor, and Joe was like beside himself. Only acting mayor Eugene Sawyer. Like, wow, you, you know, you might want to use that as a pickup line. You could pick up so many chicks letting them know that you cooked for acting mayor Eugene Sawyer. So, so that's not that's the regular mayor. Acting, the acting mayor. mayor. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, all right. Um, so, uh, remember I said I was going to play this voicemail back mm-hmm. uh, with uh, our buddy Joseph? Did mm-hmm. I play that back? Mm-hmm. Did I play that back for you? Uh, yeah, the one where he sings. Yes. Okay. I wanted to make yes. sure that we got that in. I, I I couldn't remember whether or not we got that in, but we did. Okay. Um, and now and now we're all remembering Levon. That was the that was the that was the one. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so uh, all right. Um, so celebrity drama is what we've been talking about, and we've had some fun with that. Um, and there's more here to get to. There's some really interesting ones. I love it when they, when there's all kinds of like, you know, when they talk about like actors and actresses and they don't get along on sets. I love that kind of story, mm-hmm. those kind of stories. <laughs> you know what I mean? You like feuding coworkers. Yeah. I love that. Cause have, <laughs> have you ever, have you ever, you know, worked with somebody that you didn't like? Oh, always. Oh. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, besides me, besides me. <laughs> all the time. Probably any job I've had, there's always someone where there's I'm just like, oh, always I don't someone like, like you. Oh, you're a fucking idiot. I yeah. mean, it's just a place of work, right? You know, mm-hmm. and especially where it's somewhere where you don't care. <laughs> so the 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 people who show up to also work with you, mm-hmm. um, if you're lucky, you have some people you can get along with. But yeah, for the most part, I'm just like, I don't get along with you. If we were to walk by each other in the street. I would not want to say anything. Right. Just, <laughs> just even in, in life, like I wouldn't, I would right. not want to know you. <laughs> we are, we are forced to work together. We have to work exactly. together. And if we didn't have to work together, I would want no part of you. Exactly. Yes. And I've had many of those uh, coworkers as well. Many. Um, but the thing is, you know, like when you're acting in a movie and you hate someone, it's hard. And, and um, I've actually had to work with people in plays where I, that I, a play that I directed, a fucking couple was in it and they broke up during the run of the play. <laughs> and they were not amicably, I'm assuming. No, it was a, not a good breakup. <laughs> and, and it was a nightmare. Like, like after, after each performance, you know, like one person would be at one end of the bar drunk and yelling and the other person would be at the other end of the bar drunk and yelling. And then they would have to act together on stage. Hmm. And that's the well. Thing. Were they angry at each other in the play? No, they weren't. <laughs> they weren't. Luckily, they weren't like love that would have been good. Yeah, they weren't love interests in the play. They were. They they both mm-hmm. had supporting parts. You know what I mean? And they were on stage. They they didn't have like any big scenes together. They were on stage a few times together, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like did that you? They were, they were the leads. Were you? Were you um, directing this? Yes, I did. Yes, I mean it. It happened after my job was done. The show was already up. So like technically, oh, my job okay. Was, you know, like my, technically my job was done. This didn't happen during rehearsal. They broke up when the show was probably a week or two into its run. Oh, okay. So they were already. Just because I was going to say, did you ever have to be like, listen. Yeah, not during rehearsal. You have I mean, to play nice. <laughs> yeah, no. And I would see the show every once in a while and it, and it didn't affect their performances in the show. You know what I mean? Like it didn't like, you know, uh, it didn't affect their performances in the show. Yeah. That's Although, the sign of a true actor. A real, a real pro. I will say this though: there was a girl that I that I was doing a show with that when I, that I was in that I didn't direct and I was in, 
mm-hmm. and we kind of fooled around once. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then like I ended up like literally after the first night we kind of messed around a little bit. I met somebody else about a week later and started dating them. And this person that I fooled around with and I were on stage together one night and she is supposed to shove me at one point in the play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she not only shoved me, but slapped me across the face. In the, <laughs> in the play. She's like, I felt it needed that. Yeah. And I was like, what the, f- what was that? And she's like, I'm sorry, but I, you know, like, you know, uh, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to hurt you in that scene. I'm like, yeah, well, the 50 other times the 50 other yeah exactly the 50 other times we get into it smack me across the face (laughs) does this have to do with the fact that we kind of fooled around last week and now i'm with somebody else is that what it is she's like get over yourself this is professional professional i felt it it was it was motivation (laughs) yeah but now here's but i do have some there are some you know celebrity dramas here that involve people who have to work together uh, and the extent that it goes, like the now, I don't know if you know this or not. You've seen um, an officer and a gentleman, right, Esmeralda? Uh, yes. With uh, Richard Gere and Deborah Winger. Mm-hmm. And now you know that they—that's a very intimate relationship that those two characters have. That there's a lot of sex scenes in it, and they had to be really intimate. It was a really, really emotional film. Like these two people. The characters in the movie have some steamy sex. They're all over each other. They love each other, and they have a lot of emotion. And it's a very heavy romantic movie, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Well, Deborah Winger and and Richard Gere fucking hated each other. <laughs> hated. Well, then that is some other. true acting. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is. I mean, if you've seen the movie, because there, it's a it's a great movie. I mean, it literally is one of my favorite. You know, like romantic movies of all time and officer and gentleman i think it's a phenomenal movie and they get all naked and there was you know they had to roll around with all kinds of you know privates banging and all kinds of stuff um and they talk about how what a nightmare it was especially for deborah winger deborah winger because i mean she's the woman in this you know in these scenes obviously Mm -hmm. and and of course it's like there's more nudity on her part than there is on the guy's part you know and more like, you know, like, and, and, and apparently he was a real dick to her. And she said that, like, her, him touching her made her skin crawl. Ooh. Like, she hated him that much. Like, she was physically repulsed by him. And yet there, there are, like, incredibly intimate sex scenes in that movie. Right. And then just thinking of all the women, all the people in the world who are, because I'm sure he was at some point. Uh, like people's sexiest man or whatever. Oh, especially um, at that time. Especially, but just thinking of all the people who, like, are just thinking about him and like lust after him, and then she's like, "You're disgusting. I hate yep. you." <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it became and and and, and again, it was this thing where like, because if you watch the movie, I mean, you've seen the movie. They are all over each other and they love each other and it's very intense love. Yeah, and they fucking hated each again. other again. Acting. Yeah. I mean, and they're both really good actors, you know? I mean, especially Deborah Winger. She's one of the best actresses ever. Um, and I think one of the, one of the, when she proved that was that she had to, like, act that way with a jag off like Richard Gere. Right. And act truly, like, be convincing. Yeah. Because she could have just been like, fuck it. I'm yeah. just going to go through the motions, make movie done, yeah. done. Yeah, but I mean, and again, like, you know, there were scenes, like, where, like, I mean, there are scenes where, like, he's licking on her nipples and stuff. I mean, it's not, you know what I mean? Like, there's some really 
shit that like if you like the person it would be uncomfortable you know you know what i mean right <laughs> so, so think about it if you hate them yeah mm. if, you, if, if this guy makes your skin crawl i don't know um and he has since they've they've since apologized to each other because they were both really young you know when they made that movie mm-hmm. and he was apparently like fucking everything that moved you know what i mean like at that time and uh and Deborah Winger was a very, very method and serious actress. Like she and Shirley MacLaine hated each other during Terms of Endearment. Oh boy! And although they're see- not licking each other's nipples, so, <laughs> <laughs> so at least there's that. <laughs> you just gotta act with That's them. True. There's you don't no gotta nipples. touch them. There's no Shirley MacLaine does not have to lick Deborah Winger's nipples at any time. <laughs> In uh, in in terms of endearment, but they, I'm curious, like why they don't like each other. Um, which which pair? Because they didn't. Deborah Winger and, and Shirley MacLaine didn't like each other either. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just curious, like either either. Okay, especially to that, the point where she says that Deborah Winger says that um, what's his face made her skin crawl. Yeah, I mean that's that's a lot. So I'm just curious, like My, what, what happened? What I would think is like I I because at that time. Richard Gere was like the hottest dude. On the, this was like right after American Gigolo. So mm-hmm. my guess is that he was just like uh, this dude who fucked everything. You know what I mean? Like just a right. didn't care. Didn't you know what I mean? He's I'm American Gigolo. I can get in your pants at the drop of a hat. And I think she was resistant to that. You know, like I think he assumed that since they were in this movie together, that they were actually gonna like probably bang in real life. And she mm. was like, I got no interest in that dude or, or something right. to that effect. <laughs> We're acting. And now we must pretend that we love each other. <laughs> and in the case of Shirley MacLaine and Deborah Winger, um, at this point, Deborah Winger was the star on the rise and Shirley MacLaine was kind of not as big. You know, mm-hmm. she had been around for a really, really long time and this was kind of a comeback movie for her. And so they battled over who would get top billing. It was one of those things like, Two sort of diva actresses, one old school classic diva and mm-hmm. one new school okay. up and coming diva. And they yeah, clashed. Yeah, I can see that then. Yeah. yeah. And that's how they yeah. worked. You know, And it worked actually because they had the relationship in the movie. You've seen Terms of Endearment. It's mm-hmm. a very volatile relationship that they have, the mother-daughter relationship in that movie. And it worked. I mean, they're both amazing in it. So, <laughs> because they hated each other. Well, in I mean, real life. that's the thing. We talked about this before. Remember when I was telling when we were talking about how uh, certain directors are complete pricks to their actors and actresses, like they treat yeah, them like shit. Yeah. And and the way that Stanley Kubrick, in particular, treated Shelley Duvall on the set of The Shining to the point where she was like losing her, her hair was falling out because she was so traumatized by it. Mm-hmm. And then you look at the movie and you're like, man, she's fucking great in it, though. <laughs> you know? Right. She was truly terrified. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's horrible. Her, I, I, even I, her hair is falling out. Her, look oh at my that. God. Like, look at that. That's not even special effects. They didn't even have to have them. <laughs> so, but do you see one here, uh, Esmeralda, in this article? Juliana Margulies and Archie Punjabi. Um, on The Good Wife. Now, this was a show that I never watched. Did you ever watch The Good Wife? No, I never watched it. I didn't either, but the people responsible for it are the ones responsible for evil, um, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite shows. So I would love to go back. And I hear The Good Wife is good. I just never got into it. But if it's the same people who right. make evil. But anyway, they couldn't be in the same room together. <laughs> that um, that just, it it boggles my mind just because you would think someone would be like, I don't care. Go do your job. <laughs> right. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Like, yeah. I could care less. 
Well, the cool. thing is, I, I go do your job with her. <laughs> like, yeah, I, mean, Ju- okay, I, I will say this, but Juliana Margulies, I mean, I would imagine that Archie Punjabi could be replaced, but Juliana mm-hmm. Margulies was the star of that show and had a lot of pull, had a lot of power. But it says green screen was needed for the emotional final scene between the main characters, Kalinda and Alicia, because the actresses reportedly hate each other so much that they had to do it through a green screen. I mean, that's where I'm just like, you apparently have some pull, Juliana, because they're not going to do that for regular old schmoes acting. Yeah. Because, that, yeah, it's a whole nother setup that you have to do. And then to, like, make it look good, yeah. which I'm assuming they were going to try to do Yeah. Uh, when melding these scenes together. Yeah. Um, so I guess good, good. The power is there. The power of Juliana Margulies, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, but that's another thing. It's like you know, uh, uh, they had, couldn't even be in the same room together. I mean, Jesus, God can Lord. you imagine that? I'm just curious, like what again? Like, what, how are you so mad at someone? Well, I'll tell you this. I'm not going to get into. I'm not going to name names. But there was a period of time at the car wash when there were there was a, a thing, some serious drama going on uh, at the station that required people, a couple of people, to not be in the same, to not be in that building at the same time. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and so, and this was, like, I wasn't a part of it. I I knew about it, but, like, I can't even imagine. There were so many, like, you know, people were put on alert. If this person is in this part of the room, if this person is in this part of the building, they can't be in the It was very, very strange. Um, So, I don't know. And and that adds an unneeded, like, weird, you know, pressure to, to walking into a workplace saying, oh, we might have some drama in here because these two people can't be in the same building. You know? Yeah. It's very, very strange. But I can't imagine like, oh, yeah, we got to do this scene together. But here, get the green screen because I can't stand to be in the same room <laughs> with this person. Acquire a green screen, please. Yeah. Let's get a green screen for real life. That's, well, that would have been easier, right, for your, for the coworkers? I can't be in the same room with this person. Put a green screen in. <laughs> Although, <laughs> it were, that's that would be, yeah. I don't know about a green screen. That wouldn't even fix Let's it. Let's just no. pretend to do my job, please. Yeah. <laughs> It's tough. Uh, you know, I mean, and we've both worked in the service industry where you have to work with people who don't know what they're doing. And that's always just a thrill. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you're working in the service industry and you're doing the best you can and the other person is just like a total, you know, bum. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me crazy. Now, is there are there any other? Uh, how about did you see the Justin Bieber one? Oh, yeah. He to, um. Yeah, what's, what I happened just... here? I thought he was. I mean, isn't he Canadian? He seems he is a Canadian. Too rude to be Canadian. Yeah, <clears throat> he is Canadian. But he, but you know, like every, I'm not surprised by any story about Justin Bieber because I just get the impression that he's a prick. You know, right? Um, but yeah, he's Canadian. Uh, but what's what's the story that the, that we have here? About so the, he the was Biebs? well. <laughs> um. So during a concert in Norway. He attempted to clean up a spilled liquid, and apparently a fan interfered, which I'm assuming which the fan did was, like, grab at him or something like that. Yeah. He said, I'm trying to wipe the floor. <laughs> Give me a second, yo. Give me a second, <laughs> He yo. then stomped off in frustration, and he ended the show. Yeah, they have a little thing here. He says, guys, never mind. I'm done. I'm not doing a show. It's like, wow. <laughs> because he I also... Because he couldn't clean up, clean up the spill, the spilled liquid, mm-hmm. 
well enough, I guess. Well, they weren't well, getting in his way. I could see that being I, I, annoying, well, but like, I could why see it being would annoying, you stop not, a whole show? I wouldn't end the whole show, obviously. But Abby, right? and I will say this, like, though. Forget it! In some sort of defense to get for the Biebs, and I can't believe I'm defending Justin Bieber, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of dancing and moving in a Justin Bieber show, and to slip on something, you could break your neck, you know? I But you could just wipe it up, yell at them, and then start right. No, that's going. what I'm saying. I, I told, and, and, and again, I agree with that. Or you could have, a, you could have the, if you don't want to deal with it, you, could have the, you have the crew come out and clean it yeah, up. Yeah, I think it's interesting that he's cleaning it up. Yeah, because he could easily get a roadie or some of somebody he to could. come clean it up. Like, yeah, I like that he decided I yeah. have to go clean this up. And right then now. he's going to be pissed off because you know. But um, and again, you know, like sp- spilling liquid, having some drunk fan like spill a beer on stage is bullshit. You know what I mean? That's like, yeah, it's, it's not cool. Especially if it's a show that requires a lot of dancing, and that's what the Beebs does. But, True. <laughs> you know, but have somebody come out. Have have a stagehand come out. Don't. I'm gonna. I'm, I quit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what he expected was going to happen because right. he is like right at the the like the edge of the stage where there are fans. No, and exactly. He knows I'm how they at, act. I'm looking at it right now. I'm like, they have a little clip, and it's it happened at the edge of the stage where people are already have their arms on over. I mean, I'm assuming he thought they would be polite. Yeah. And let him clean up no, the spill. They're gonna but grab also, I just it. like that he got so frustrated with it that he's just like, nope. He's he's like a, a dad. He's like, I'm going to turn this car around. <laughs> like, not doing a show now. You ruined it. You ruined right. it for everybody. Okay, that's, like, it. that's it. No Disneyland. We're going like, home. Yikes. <laughs> I'm going to turn this car around. That's a perfect analogy. That's right. Thanks, dad. God. <laughs> All right, now here's one of my favorites really quickly before my dad comes in to, uh, to tell a joke and we do a taste mm-hmm. test. Mm-hmm. I love this story, the Adam Ball, uh, uh, the Alec Baldwin story, where he's playing mm. words with friends. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alec Baldwin lost his mind when airline staff asked him to quit playing words with friends on his phone uh, after the surliest and puffiest Baldwin brother boarded an American Airlines flight. He refused to turn off his cell phone after multiple requests by the crew, so he locked himself in the onboard toilet after slamming the door hard enough to scare the pilot. After being escorted off, he tweeted uh, the airline was, quote, where retired Catholic school gym teachers from the 50s find jobs as flight attendants. (laughs) Now, I think this is interesting. So this was in 2011. Yes. Um, So... There wasn't, he was like, he's, well, I don't think he started it, but I think he had, uh, he's a, a head of his, head of the trend of uh, airplanes. No, of airplane people just behaving terribly. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, well, I'm just like, why? Well, okay, one, uh, I know it says that he refused to turn off his cell phone. Yeah. But he didn't have to. You know what I mean? You just put it on, um, Airplane, airplane can you, mode. But can you play words with friends if you're on airplane mode? I don't That's know. That's the question. Because that words with friends, from what I understand, is interactive. So you have to be like online while it's happening. So I think you can't be in airplane mode because you have to be connected to the other people that you're playing with. You know what I mean? So I think it has to have like a, a Wi-Fi air, you know, a, a, an actual connection. And And if you're on airplane mode, you don't have that. So, with the latest version, you can. It allows people to play offline. Okay. 
Now, was that so was maybe that, Alec Baldwin got the ball rolling <laughs> to get to get that version? Yeah, because updated. now, now, now yeah. you can. I mean, this was twelve years ago, so you know. Yeah, uh, Alec Baldwin. Yeah. He's yeah. He's and uh, Alec, Alec Baldwin has been trends, but Alec Baldwin, as we all know, has has a tendency to be really surly. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, like, no, he's uh, a big old baby. Yeah, he is. He's an angry dude. He, he, I mean, I don't blame him. I don't. I actually don't blame him for being a jag off to paparazzi because those guys are assholes. And, I, and so, right, that I can understand. Uh, but not turning. I just his don't phone, know why you don't just turn your st- well, cell phone off. Now you know what happened out of this, Esmeralda. Besides, you know, like it being besides it being uh, uh, also. If you, I don't know if you remember this or not, but it became like a goddamn free commercial for Words with Friends. Like oh. it became, oh my god! Like it's it went, so good, you can get kicked off your plane. That's right. Alec Baldwin <laughs> plays it, and not only does Alec Baldwin play it, but he's angry when people make him stop. You know what I mean? That's how good Words with Friends. Is. And you too could maybe yeah. play with Alec Baldwin. But what happened? And maybe I'll talk about this on uh, on my on my other podcast, Esmeralda. I don't know if you know it, but I have another podcast. Mm. Oh, it's about what's, SNL. What's that about? It's called That Show Hasn't Been Funny in Years, and it's about SNL. Mm. Uh, but what happened was a week, the week it happened, Alec Baldwin mm-hmm. uh, made a made a, a surprise appearance on Weekend Update, like literally about four days after it happened. Mm-hmm. And he played an American Airlines pilot saying, uh, I think you should uh, give Alec Baldwin a benefit of the doubt. And he was like doing a wacky voice. <laughs> <laughs> and they made a bit out of it because he acknowledged he was acting like a dick. And yeah. then he, he apologized to American Airlines. And then in doing that, he like came on Weekend Update with a fake mustache on and, a, and wearing an American Airlines captain uh, a costume <laughs> and going, uh, I don't think uh, I, I don't think uh, Alec Baldwin because they because they read the story. Right. You know, and they were like this in the news. Our good friend Alec Baldwin uh, got into trouble on American Airlines, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden and uh, speaking on behalf of American Airlines is the pilot of that plane. And then Alec Baldwin comes out and goes, uh, I think you're being a little too rough on Mr. Baldwin. He's quite a quite a nice man. Um <laughs> 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 uh, you should look it up. It's 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 out there. It's um it's definitely yeah. online. And um actually, you know, when I when I talk about um uh because uh, I am going to talk about uh, some some of the best weekend update bits of all time on my podcast, mm-hmm. I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna play that back. So I will play it back nice. on my podcast. Uh, but yeah, okay. he came. It was literally like three days after it happened, so it was hot in the news, you know. And he comes out. and He's like, uh, I think y'all should be nicer to Mr. Alec Baldwin. <laughs> and then they go, Wait a minute, it's you, Alec. Take off the mustache. You know what I mean? And then they're like, We know it's you. And he's like, oh, Alec. Yeah. And then like he gets. And if I remember correctly, the the bit ends with him pulling his phone out and going, Damn it! Because he was playing words with friends and he got the word <laughs> wrong or something, and he got pissed off and threw the phone and walked off. So, <laughs> so like three days later, he was making fun of himself on SNL. So that was the best part of it. But yeah, he's a crotchety dude, that Alec Baldwin. Oh yeah. Yeah, and last Even, year about this time was it last year? Well, about yeah. This time? When the whole shooting. Uh, the uh, one, the one thing I remember is uh, him yelling at his kid, the voicemail. Yelling at his kid, yeah. Well, they, you know what? Um, they did a bit on Saturday Night Live about that too, with the actual daughter, with his daughter, with Ireland. Oh. So she was a part of it. It wasn't like they were, you know, I mean, like she was a part of it. Uh, Ireland was a part of it. But anyway, but yeah, and then like, you know, God, Alec Baldwin, what a crazy son of a bitch that guy is, his life, you know, all the crazy shit. Uh, and then like, you know, like, you know, the accident that took place on the movie set where he killed the woman, mm-hmm. where he killed the DP on the, on the set. That's just insane. So 
But yeah. Hey, remember back in the early days when it was funnier because he all he did was get mad at an airplane? <laughs> yelled at his Jesus daughter. Christ. Yelled at his daughter, <laughs> called her a fat pig or something. On the, <laughs> Jesus Christ. So anyway. All right. Well, uh, celebrity drama. We all have it. All right. They're just like us. They're just like, hey, look, that, that's like that. What was that? Oh, yeah. What was that? The People magazine, right? Hey, they're just like us. Look, they go right. shopping. They show pictures. They of use them. green screens at work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just like us. They use green screens at work. It's like I get kicked off of planes, too. <laughs> yeah, all the time. I can identify with that. I love Word with Friends. Anybody, in, in, you know, could you imagine now? I bet he's hooked on Wordle. <laughs> oh, yeah. But that one's far quicker. It is. Yeah. It's only think, once a day, uh, too. You, you, it's only right. once a day. You get one shot at it a day. So so I think I think he just needs to learn to uh, budget his time a little better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, what would be more appropriate for his personality? He should have been playing Angry Birds. Don't you think that would have been the... Mm, yeah. Bring it back, Alec. That's right. <laughs> bring back. Word or uh, Angry Birds. Angry Birds. Wait, you know they're making another Angry Birds movie, a third one. Of course they are. (laughs) Hey, listen, they made at this point all bets are off. They made a fucking emoji movie. (laughs) True. Yeah. So. Good lord. Uh, Are we ready to try uh, as we're narrowing down to the end here of the Japanese snacks? Oh yes. So let's do the uh, the the little rock things first. Can you describe what this? And you look this. Did you look this up? Uh, No, because we can't. We can't seem to find what, what this is. What did it say? <laughs> we couldn't figure out what it says on the Yeah, on the, it's only one little on the character. Package. One little Japanese like character. Uh, and it's a clear pouch. And they look like what are they? They look like like little like they look like little drug rocks. Don't they look like little meth rocks of some kind? I don't know, Nick. <laughs> I've never I've never encountered meth rocks. Well, I was talking with <laughs> acting mayor Eugene Sawyer about it. <laughs> Sorry. I couldn't tell you what meth rocks look like. Okay. I apologize. <laughs> oh, well, they look like little, I don't know. How dare you assume I know what meth rocks look like? Hey, listen, anybody who's anybody knows what meth rocks look like. <laughs> I was hanging out with acting Mayor Eugene Sawyer, and we were doing some meth rocks. Anyway. So they're colored, too, right? Yeah, I got pink and purple and... And they're little. And they're... Oh, you have purple. I don't have purple. I just have like pink and yellow and I think maybe a white color. Okay. I don't have yellow. Well, look at that. I got the pink. I got the, I have purple and white. And they look like little hard uh, meth rocks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to stick with that description. Well, I'll tell you this one. They are pretty. If that's what meth rocks look like, <laughs> they're quite pretty. Uh, meth rocks. I believe I was in that band. Uh, we played, we played the whale a couple of times. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Meth rocks. So, I... <laughs> all right. Are we ready to try the meth rocks? Yes. Okay. Here we go. I'll dump a couple of these out here. Little... Yeah, I still can't. I got the back a little bit, but it just said like okay. sweet. Oh no. Okay. Oh God, they're hard. Um. Careful on the dental work, Esmeralda. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, they're hard. They're real hard. Oh, they taste like Pop Rocks. They're not that hard. Good Lord. Well, what they work. Teeth I made tried... of... <laughs> what I your... how, well, how soft are your teeth? Well, it's Good all Lord. that meth. It's all that meth I do. Well, clearly. 
No wonder these are. No wonder these look like meth rocks. They do to your teeth what meth does to your teeth. That. Hmm. That's what it comes down to. These um, are fine. <laughs> yeah, they just fine. taste like sugar. I think they're like, maybe they're just sugar. They're very crunchy. You know what sugar. I mean? They're very crunchy. Have sugar. you ever have you ever seen those lollipops? Oh wait, I got one with flavor. Okay, I was mine was just sugar, like crunchy sugar meth. <laughs> okay, I got a little bit of flavor. I'm just going with. Um, meth. do you know those? Do you know those? They're like on sticks, and they make they make rocks with sugar. I believe. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's what this reminds me. That's of. what it is. It's like a smaller version of that. Mm-hmm. All right, now the next one has my favorite, uh, my favorite package, and we should take a picture of it before. Uh, yes, we yes. got to take a picture of this and post it up on the inter- on the uh, on the internets. On our Instagram, new Instagram a- page, Instagram page, the Nick D podcast has an Instagram page. Go to Instagram and and, and check it out. Uh, but Nick this D is like podcast. Nick D podcast on Instagram. This is like uh, a, a, a this. Well, this dude looks like he's on meth, right? Esmeralda doesn't this character look? Like uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go uh, acid. Acid. <laughs> it's more acid. And we we he's did got do stars a in his. Uh, uh, yes. And I've got the translation here. Here's what it says on the package. On the front of the package, it says green gem, and then it says. The inside of the mouth becomes the shoulder. Apple flavor. And I don't know what the inside of the mouth becomes a shoulder means. And then on the back it says, this product uses food coloring. If you get a hit, get one more. Look at the back. He has a lottery. Mm. So that's what it says on the on the package. So I found the I found the like a page selling them. And that this little character that looks like they're high on acid. Yeah. Is the Marukawa Witch, and it's okay. the Marukawa Witch Color Change Gum. Oh, so it's gum. Here we go. Apple flavor. So there's, I see there's two pieces. Oh, I'm, mm. Mm. oh it's good. So it's this good. will turn your tongue as a blue, blue as an ice monster. And that's why the tongue is all says. long, and maybe that's why it becomes a shoulder? I don't know. I mean, he also looks like he's high on acid. He does. All right, listen, while we're chewing on this, we'll give you the full report after my dad comes in. Are you ready for my dad to tell a joke? Oh, yeah. All right, here we go. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. It's the best part of the week, baby. It's time to hear something funny. Here we go with your music intro. Ah! It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad tells a joke. Yeah. What I say? It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad tells a joke. Yeah. Oh, yes. Here we go. By the way, this gum is good. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very tasty. Very apple very tasty. It's good gum. It also changes your tongue blue. It's blue. Shit, the meth rocks just went flying all over my dining room floor. <laughs> Dad, don't trip well, on the meth hope, rocks. Let's hope the police don't show up. And meth rocks. Now I gotta sweep up meth rocks. All right, Dad, tell a joke while I sweep up the meth rocks. Oh wait, that's he already did that part. Dad, tell a joke. Here, plane was having trouble with the engines, so the pilot said we're gonna have to ditch the plane into the water. So all you swimmers on the left hand side of the plane, all you non swimmers. On the right-hand side, when the plane hits the water, I want you swimmers swim for your life. 
All you non-swimmers, thank you for flying Lufthansa. (laughs) (laughs) That was jokey, jokey, jokey time. It was a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad told a joke. That was a good one. That was a good I one. I think that and it had a brand, a uh, uh, company, air, he nailed, airline. He nailed Lufthansa at the end. And by the way, did he? In, this was random. That we, the, the last story that we talked about was about Alec Baldwin getting kicked off of a right. plane. Right. So that, you know, it all works together. All right. Uh, I give the uh, I give the apple gum an A plus, and it turned my tongue all kinds of colors. So all kinds of colors? No, just green ish. So. <laughs> I was like, I think. Well, no, that was the meth. That the- <laughs> right. All right. Speaking of meth, Eric Childress and Steve Procopi are going to join me on episode one. I don't know where this is going now. Everybody's on meth. 109. But the next episode, which will drop on Wednesday, two days before our regular episode, is going to be tonight's uh, Zany's oh. live podcast. So everything that happens at that live podcast, including Dwayne Kennedy, including me and Esmeralda, including the giveaways, and including... My dad telling a joke. All of that, the Zanies Live uh, event is our next podcast dropping tomorrow. Uh, and then Friday, uh, our uh, episode 109 will be Eric Children's Steve Procopi with more new movie reviews. So there you go. All right, Esmeralda, nice. thank you. Thank you. And we'll talk to you next time on uh, the Nick D Podcast. My thanks to everybody. Again, if you want to be a part of the podcast, 773-417-6948 for voicemails, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and please check out all the podcasts at radiomisfits.com. And we'll see you next time on the Nick D Podcast.